remote meetings are really great, but man, like getting back in, in person, I guess we're just going to go ahead and jump into it. Uh, getting back <laughs> in, <laughs> that's how this show usually goes. So it's okay. Yeah, seems about right. Uh, getting back into the swing of things and like being in a, in a room with people. Uh, for, I mean, probably the most people I've been in a room with in a year. Yeah. Uh, there really isn't a, a replacement for that. Like Zoom is great. Zoom is is really cool for for filling in the gaps, but it's still it's still not a hundred percent there. There's the slight lag. There's the poor video quality, which it separates you from who you're talking to. And there really isn't anything that does replace the in person meeting, at least for me yep. and uh, for for my uh my old fogey boss as i like to call him he's uh he's an older gentleman from another time and uh he's he's working with all these 30 year olds <laughs> and he's like pick up the phone and call somebody damn it <laughs> instead of like texting or i sent an email yeah he's 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 super old school but i mean he, he's right like there really isn't uh there isn't a direct replacement for face-to-face conversations. Um, There, there are band-aids, but that's all they are. They're, they're temporary fixes. Um, But man, if I would have, I don't, I don't know why I didn't foresee this kind of thing happening um, back in like, you know, February of last year, because if we look at zoom stock over (laughs) 2020, (laughs) zoom and uh and docusign are the really interesting ones because zoom so if we look at i'll go ahead and share what i'm what i'm looking at so that you and the people watching on the youtubes will be able to see did i go to the right one hold on dang it where are you here we go You see this screen over here? Yeah, I see it. Yeah, this is quality, quality entertainment. So let's go and wow, that's not how I want to see a chart. Oh, come on, Yahoo. This is why nobody uses your search. This is the only thing that people use on Yahoo anymore, <laughs> though. Yahoo Finance. This is literally the only thing I've ever used Yahoo for in the last ever. Yeah, that's actually, it's actually um, the only thing anybody uses them for. Yeah. Um, We actually use them for some of our clients as well in the cannabis industry. But if we look, if we look right back, if we go back to January 20th, 2020, a a brighter time, if you will, (laughs) we're we're looking at a, uh, making everything, uh, where'd it go? There we go. Why? Okay, there we go. Sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to read this dang thing. Uh, so it was $73 a share. Share. And if we Solid fast company. forward to March, March 16th is about the time that things started going a little wonky. According to the market, it looks like uh, things got a little crazy starting on the 9th and then things started going up. And so just in two months time on the 23rd of March, you're looking at zoom being $151 a share. And then with governments and 
municipalities not opening up their their places over time here we are in july it reaches an all-time high at 275 dollars a share and then boom on october 12th it reaches an all-time high that it hasn't gotten back to in such a time which I'm, i'm kind of interested to see why that is but you know 559 dollars per share i mean that's that's better than uh gamestop at its height <laughs> yeah well i mean if you look at what kind of what happened that first two months people were like like i'd say about the first like yeah about two months six weeks we're all sitting like around like uh, what what's going to happen like when are we going to go back like <laughs> we, we're back all un- yeah exactly we're all under the impression like two three weeks we're going to get back in the office maybe some people doing working remote, not, not a big deal, but it was like probably after that time period when we got, you know, past like March, April, May, and they were like, crap, this is, this is, you know, kind of being it. Then you had the summer. And so if you watch that stock and like the summer, it's like starts gradually ticking up. And then around October timeframe, you have all schools getting back in or back in remotely. And you have all work like, oh crap, this is, this is the new, this is it. Like we're, we're back into full swing of things. People at school and work and everything. And now you have to do Zoom for everything. And uh, Zoom made it, they were smart. They did free service because like everyone's gonna automatically be automatic adopters. And now even after the uh, pandemic is completely subsided, people are so used to using their software now that the switching costs will be high. And so. Do you, do you think that, that Zoom is the, the best service right now? No, there's. I, I, you know, and I don't use many, the way I get with video conferences, just as long as I stay connected and I can hear uh, is my main things. And then when I want to share the screen, that's a big piece. Seeing people, seeing people while you're talking to them isn't as important. Yeah, I get, you know, you're losing a lot of the engagement, but really when it comes down to is I need to be able to speak and hear clearly, and I need to be able to share the screen when I need to. Seeing someone's good, but not essential to have a communication or a conversation. Yeah. I, uh, I wonder if, because you're, you're hundred percent right that it's not needed, but it, it does help things. Oh, and yeah. I wonder if, um, augmented reality is going to be closer to the, the final, you know, stage of this, you know, remote communication. Yeah. And I've, I thought that kind of same thing too, like almost like where you could put on like I don't know. I was like, I was trying to envision like a headset where it made me feel like I was in the room with everybody. Mm-hmm. So almost like a, you know, the Oculus or something like that, but where I see everyone else and I see us in like a virtual room where I can still look at my computer and do stuff on it, but I can look around and I can look over and see you. And then you're in a virtual, like a configured, like, but your face is there. Like I see you <laughs> as you, yeah. and maybe you have an avatar or whatever, however crazy you want to make it. But your face is on it. I'm like, Oh, that's Justin. And Oh, that's Jim over there. And there's Karen down it's just, there. You it's, know? It, dude, I have a rocking body. Like I'm, yeah. I'm going with like a nice 25 year old tone college, you know, freshly out of college girl, my face right on top. Freshly out of <laughs> college girl. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I want to have uh, you know, a normal like ripped, you know, like uh 300 body, you know, with the abs. And then I yeah. want to have a freaking scorpion tail on the back end just walking around like it's normal in the middle of a professional meeting. So I, I think we just developed our next product, our oh, co co totally product. Yeah. 
It's a, we're going to use Oculus and then we're going to, you'll have to scan your face to make a 3D image of it, of the thing to catch your expressions and all that. Yeah. And then the Oculus would have to have some sensors so we can get facial movements on the 3D generated. Yeah, because, because the headset, it's not a headset, it's a helmet. Yeah. It goes on the whole head and it's, it's reading what you're doing while yeah. you're doing it. It's like so you're saying not even, using, not even using an existing piece of hardware, but creating our own. Oh, yeah. Proprietary. I would think, I think that would be it. Like, if you're making that, so you're, so you're a complete, like, you're both the, uh, the conference software tool and the hardware tool, then, yeah, I would say getting a, um, getting a, like a, almost like those, not a welder's helmet, but like those clear helmet things you know what i'm talking about yeah and then having cameras in here that go mm -hmm. down and up so it makes a 3d rendering of your face and catches your expressions yeah and then for the eye visor part it's like i'm looking around in a room and i can when i turn my head i'm turning it to the right and left and and then i can see around the the 3d conference room Ooh, or it's not even cameras it's like putting on a ski mask but it's a ski mask that doesn't make you hot somehow mm. and it measures all the movements in your face because it's right up on it you know yeah i don't know um gosh xbox has that what's it called the little connect is it what's it called well the, the connect is their camera thing that they have and the microsoft also yeah. has a microsoft hololens which is the it's just like a, a it's a see-through screen that you put on your on your face and it basically projects things on the environment around you Oh, okay. So it makes like a, uh, so it would, like, I would see like yeah. demons coming up from the ground. Yeah. So that's the difference there. between augmented reality and virtual reality. So virtual yeah. reality, you're putting on a headset that is and closing you off. Fake. It's yeah. closing you off from the real world. Augmented reality is creating a portal in which gosh. you're experiencing the real world through an augmented lens. Oh my gosh. That's, that's really going to mess with people. There'll be a time in life that you're not going to be sure what is real and what's not. Well, that actually, that, that brings me to my first thing. So, you know, we didn't, I didn't talk about this, uh, that we were going to talk about this. Cause I, this oh. is a conversation that I literally had on the way home from my, uh, my quarterly, my quarterly, uh, planning for work today. And, you know, me and my, me and my buddy were, were going home and, you know, we both had, you know, somewhat rough times over the past, you know, you know, we'll say six to 12 months, you know, like I'm sure everybody has. Um, but I was like, what if, what if this is all just a simulation? It's all just a video game. And the person who's controlling you just really sucks at it and doesn't have the money for the in-game purchases. You can't buy the, the <laughs> V bucks, <laughs> the Fortnite V bucks. Your to make your uh, character better like, like you, you. <laughs> your your player stop or your uh your gamer stops playing you for a while and so just everything goes to shit <laughs> so yeah i've actually i i've i've heard that you know the simulation theory is nothing new and there's a lot there's a lot to it right and so there's as i've been like getting more like i know kind of contemplating that life thing here's my latest philosophy on what it is sure it kind of grows along the line of the simulation uh, theory. But what I think is, you know, you hear that, that, that cliche, like we are spiritual beings having a physical experience. And I, I can kind of, I can kind of understand that. And, and the way I kind of like encapsulate it and kind of understand it is if we really are like these, and now I'm getting into weird spiritual stuff, but if we really are these spiritual beings having this physical experience and we're eternal, like, 
whatever it is that we came from, wherever it is that we're going to, we're like this thing. It makes sense that we would want to have the earthly experience because this would be the only way to totally understand time. If you're an eternal being, like if you're, there's no beginning, no end, and whatever it is, there'd be no other way to understand a finite moment in time if time doesn't matter to you. If you're in another dimension where time is fluid, it's both the past, the beginning, and the future all at once. This is the only time where you'd have to forget the, the concept of eternity, and you'd have to have that completely forgotten so you could understand time. Because there's no other way you'd understand time if you knew of eternity before. You'd be like, oh, mm -hmm. there's nothing. And then we, we experience time, but in that experience of time, we also experience a lot of other things. Maybe it was uh, kind of like just figuring out after the fact, but we experience love, compassion, anger, all these things that come with finite time, finite ability. Like you, we have now limitations and it's the only way we can learn it. That's what I've been kind of like, kind of wrapping my head around lately is this, this idea of like, maybe that's, that's what we're here to understand is like, we're here to have this expression of time. And maybe that's why we are in a simulation, you know? I don't know. Just crap. I was thinking about lately. Wow, that, that, that's all. That's all very interesting. And that brings me to to the next piece that I want to talk about. I want to talk about uh, personality tests. Have you okay. have you taken like business personality tests? A lot. So yeah, my yeah. my CEO, you you met uh, Trevor. He's a very <laughs> military guy. Yeah. And um, he he believes in you know like playing to your strengths and whatnot. And so. We, we took like these, these like hardcore um, Myers-Briggs type personality uh, type tests. So we did yeah. the Clifton strengths. Have you heard of Clifton strengths? Yep. So we did the Clifton strengths and uh, we also did the Colby a index. I don't think I've done that one. Oh, uh, that one's uh that one, that one's a little, that one's, I think I heard is a little bit more popular. Um, it's, I mean, it's pretty cool. Um, I, I do advise both of those, the Clifton strengths and the Colby a index, but the interesting thing about them is how unique we all think that we are and then how we can really be like brought down to reality in the fact that we do line up on, I mean, if you look at Clifton strengths, Clifton strengths kind of grades you across, you know, 34 different strengths and the Colby a index really takes four type four modalities of how you work and you you are on you know a spectrum of those four and so like they really do break down your personality in a way that a it is spot on and creepy yeah like with how like you're like oh my goodness that is that is me like the <laughs> I, i'll go i'm gonna go ahead and share one of mine, I'm going to share my number one Clifton strength, which is communication. And there is one that I want to read specifically where to go. Uh, <laughs> here's one that, that goes, uh, goes hand in hand with right now, because of your strengths, you often take part in thought filled conversations with your colleagues or classmates together. You sift through possibilities. You assist the pro assess the pros and cons of each person's innovative theories, suggestions, or principles. During these verbal exchanges, ideas expand, narrow, and take on new forms. You have, you thrive 
in settings where everyone feels safe thinking out loud. And like, wow, that's really weird because I talk to complete strangers on the internet. I mean, right now I'm not talking to a complete stranger, but complete stranger, for the, but... for the most time, I mean, I, I really do. I, I have like a cold call uh, way about getting my guests where I just hit them up randomly. And sometimes they say, yeah, and sometimes they just ignore me, which is obviously the more common, but when uh, you do get a complete stranger, it's like, yeah, let's go ahead and talk for an hour and a half. And then you just have like these totally off the wall conversations. And then like, we, we got really deep into it uh, yesterday and we were talking and like the combination of my strengths for, from Clifton was like, um, you, you thrive best when you're able to share your emotionally mature and uh, or cl emotionally clear and mature thoughts out to the masses or something to that that aspect and i was like that's freaking weird <laughs> like <laughs> i just i just happen to be a weirdo who likes talking into the void that you know anybody can listen to yeah so i've done i've done these personality tests actually a lot like every every program I've been in like business program, one of the main things they do is like personality. Like that was the funny thing about any leadership class. It was never about how to lead people. It was always about how to manage yourself and figure out yourself first. And I was like, at first I was like, I want to talk about how do I tell them what to do? That's what I want to get. But yeah, it always starts with you. And I've taken the, the, those personality tests, I think at least three times. And it's like different renditions of, I might've taken that one. I'm not really sure taking like the Myers-Briggs. There's, there's a book I read called Lead With Your Strength. And it, it covers that, I, mean, I think that same type of test about strengths and then how your personality plays, who, who it plays with best and then who it plays with worse. Like, so you're able to like see the, the, like where your personality might fit in with someone else, how to deal with people that are like contrary to that personality type. Anyways, pretty cool stuff. But uh, um, what I found is, as I went through the, each, each, each master's program I was in, it was kind of like a little bit different kind of where I, direction I was going in my life too. And that actually impacted the personality type I had always kind of the same, but they would have like slightly different insights, like getting out of the military and say, Oh, you, you, you love order and stuff like that. And you're like, get around that. I'm like, well, yeah, that makes sense. Like just coming out of the military. And then by the end, by my last, when I was going to Thunderbird, we did a last master's like, you know, personality leadership class and taking it. It was like almost a lot like yours. It was like, you work best with teams. You get the team to come in. You're, you work great with like uh, creatives, although you're, you're slightly creative, but not as creative, but you work best with creatives. And I was like, oh, well, that's actually kind of good because I, I feel like what the job, my, my careers have always been like, people that have really good talent and all that. I, I do a, an okay job at like corralling them and getting them to focus that creativity. I'm not creative as much, but I like, I like working with the creative types to get the stuff done. Yeah. It's just, it was funny because the, the thought of a simulation and then seeing how we can, we can be broken down and you know, yeah. my personality fits into these pages. Like there's, there's only like, 25 pages here yeah yeah you're just the you're just node model number j3-34 <laughs> pretty much and so that is uh how we got 
here today or how I got here today, I should say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, I guess I guess we'll go ahead and, and do the, the quick intro. This is This Just In, the show that sounds like a news show, but it isn't a news show, except for today, it is kind of a news show. Uh, the first of its kind. This week, I am talking with my brother from another mother, quite literally, Ira Latham. <laughs> hey. And uh, we're going to do a month in review. We're going we're gonna to review March. So today, we're recording this on April 2nd, and you all are listening to this sometime after April 5th, 6th? 6th is Monday, I think. Well, that uh, and the historical reference of this podcast will be listened to for years and years to come. Oh, obviously. So. Obviously. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so March 2021. Now you sent some stuff over to me and I want you to go ahead and get us started off with uh, some lighthearted talk. Oh my gosh. Lighthearted talk. So this is completely random. It has nothing to do with March really, but a little bit time reference and all that. So first off, Star Wars. This is just like something that everyone can relate to because most people know the story. Um, the latest Star Wars with Ray and her whole story, there's a lot to criticize with it. There's a lot of cool stuff with it. Definitely a lot to criticize with it. Yeah. But you know, what's interesting is they keep recycling this story of the, uh, you know, the father or the, the, the child of the evil guy that ends up doing the good stuff with it. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to make a reference that I think is actually kind of funny that like, as I was like thinking about it, it's like, so Ray, we know Ray was the granddaughter of, uh, gosh, now I'm going to draw a blank. The evil emperor. Sheev Palpatine. Yeah. Palpatine. She's granddaughter. When she finds this out, of course it's traumatic, but she does Just the pause. right thing. We're going to pause real fast. Ha that is absolutely the laziest writing <laughs> of all time. I knew I it agree. was going, as soon as they brought JJ back to direct and write the ninth movie, I knew it was coming. Like I knew it was going to, and I wanted to be proved wrong and I wasn't. And that, that goes down as one of my biggest letdowns of the last 10 years. It had a lot of potential, but they recycled the same story. Like when it could have been something cool or I don't know. Anyways. That's so, okay. We're going to go out. We're going to go off on a quick tangent. That's yeah. what makes the last Jedi so beautiful is because it tried to be so different and so new and so not what we had gotten in seven prior movies. It was, it was really daring to be different and it did dare to be different. It was different. And man, people, people don't like change. They yeah. do not. And we'll, we'll get, we'll get back. We'll go ahead and circle back to that in a little bit, but go ahead and continue with your, uh, your theory. Yeah. Anyways. So yeah, I would, I would agree. I, I did like, I kind of like the last Jedi, uh, the best out of it, but anyways, get back to this. So here's a connection that I think is kind of interesting. And no matter where you sit on the political spectrum, it's kind of funny. It's a little bit political. So, you know, everyone's finding references between like star Wars and stuff like this. And I want to try to draw a little reference between Ray and Ivanka Trump. I know, well, slow down, but think about it. Like people view, uh, uh, and this might be like, just, totally stupid but as i say it out loud but like so people view trump as this horrible evil guy but honestly like when you break it down ivanka trump's actually pretty freaking awesome i have a feeling that ivanka trump's gonna be on the radar come 2024 how old is um, ivanka trump is she old enough 
I mean, she yeah, she's, she literally she's looks enough. the same that since she was like 23. So yeah, I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I think I think a lot of the Trumps get special medical like rejuvenation. They drink the blood of children or something. Yeah, I they're they are, but... you know the deep state stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you just lost like a, <laughs> you just now you have active enemies against your <laughs> podcast. By the way, I have active enemies, and QAnon is literally calling me right now. Well, you know, <laughs> Q knows. It's it is funny though, like how how that is so still like cultish, like. <laughs> and then with the other side, now you have like these people that don't really. I, now I'm going really off the bat with it comes to like Biden and the Trumps and all that type of stuff, people will overlook the crap going on currently. And I know we're going to get into this, but they'll be like, but Trump was so much worse. I'm like, I, I don't even give a, Trump's gone guys. Trump's gone. <laughs> Talk about stuff that's happening right now. Like, why is that like your go-to like, yeah, that's happening. But remember Trump, I to be him. fair, to be fair, that was the defense for, um, conservatives against liberals sure. yep. when when they're like, but he's putting kids in cages. And then the, all the conservatives were, well, it was a thing under Biden, Obama. Or, but yeah. Ob- Ob- Obama, Obama started, started it. it, started it. And now, and then it is funny. Like now that the conservatives are all on the border, like, but look at this, but look at all these Mexicans in these cages. It's like, <laughs> where were you guys? Where oh. I'm glad that your guys are on to the children because of Epstein and all that. But now you care like, well, it's, it's it's because it's none of it is is um genuine, period. None of it's genuine, and it's all about the the I, I don't know how to try to describe it. it. I view it as kind of the same thing as rooting for a a sports team from a town you don't even live in, and you're rooting for that team because that's your team. And when they win, you're like, yeah, we won. And you're like, wait a second, no, you didn't. And when someone makes fun of your team, you're like. No, no, these people I've never met and have no, like, I'm emotionally attached to them. And when you say they suck, you're telling me I suck. It's like, no, they suck at defense, guy. Like, they, they lost like 50 to one. Like, it's clear. Same thing happens with politics because for some reason, especially in America, we ascribe the political ideals of a party that we want to align with, which I don't know why anyone would want to align with a specific party. Especially um, when there's, there's two. There's, there's two. two. There's two. You're either there's you're multiple like, ways I, to look I, at the world. I'm not making this about race, but I'm going to use the the words white and black. Okay, everybody, yep. it's not fucking white and black. No, there are fifty shades of gray. Damn it, <laughs> fifty shades of gray. And how many genders do we have? But well, we have two parties. <laughs> you know what? I'm really proud of that statement that I just made, and I just thought of it. I think that's great. <laughs> I want the Fifty Shades of Gray, great, because that describes uh, that describes the gross disgustingness of uh, of politics. <laughs> There's Fifty yeah. Shades of it. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, it, but yeah, there it. It's so like I can't. I I don't align with either either major political party. I'm definitely closer to a libertarian conservative than anything else. Yeah. But that's basically a conservative liberal. Like that's yeah. what that is. <laughs> and and it's to, that whole, yeah, fiscally conservative, but yeah, tribalism. That's what it comes down to is this, this idea where you are your political opinion. Well, guess what? Let's say you think abortion should be outlawed because it's the most wrongest thing ever alive. Well, your opinion 
is not going to make it outlawed. Like, I'm sorry, but that's just an opinion. And you can have that opinion and that's great. But me disagreeing with it is not going to change anything either. Like, and for some reason we get so heated and I know that's a hot button topic, but we get so heated that we can't just disagree. We, we, and if I say anything critical of uh, someone that you think is on your side, then it's me attacking you when it's nothing attacking you. I don't care about you. I care about, hey, this policy, this action sucks. And for some reason, and because of the reason that we're divided politically, where we have to see it through either a red lens or a blue lens, we cannot actually solve problems because we're just pointing at each other saying that you suck. No, you suck worse. We'll look at what you're doing there. We'll look at what you did four years ago. Hey, it's the same thing you're doing right now. And it's like, nothing gets done. So kudos to the marketing department of our political parties, because they are playing us perfectly to get us to get motivated. We're going to circle back to that in a little bit. Um, Keep that in (laughs) mind. Put a pin in that marketing. I I work in marketing. So it it is something that I notice all over the place now. And uh, we're going to talk about that some more, but we've gone so (laughs) off topic so many times. So I'm gonna let you get back to it. So Ivanka Trump, uh, could could potentially run in 2024 go yeah yeah so like i think that you know she she plays a she i i just like the the that that whole like kind of i know that was a really weak uh, connection between her and ray and all that but like in my head it worked out but now that i'm looking at this i really should have put a little bit a little bit more no- notes on the uh paper about it but basically like this 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 idea of um of having someone that's not so new. And another thing with like, when we come up to our, our, our presidential race, always, we're not good at picking someone completely off the cuff. I'm very, very seldom do we vote for someone that's like random. It's usually someone that's been recycled a few times, gone through the process. And I, 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 that's just where I see it coming in. I, I, if I would put money on it right now, I would say that Ivanka Trump is probably gearing up for some type of, uh, run she's she's actually very popular and she's mainly popular because she hasn't been so much in the limelight she's been a lot on the sidelines but she's been enough in the limelight to get that recognition and to get stuff done because she's she's a successful business person yeah sure it's comes from the family and it comes from the opportunity but i don't know i just say keep your eye out for i think that's uh i think that's something to keep your eye on i think that everybody lost the star wars connection but i think what you were going for was an evil father yes, leading that's to, where I was going to somebody doing something great. I Good. think, okay. I think that's where it is. You know, it might've been a late night uh, uh, session of like sitting back and be like, yeah, this makes sense and writing it down. And then once I verbalize it, it falls apart yeah. in my life. For the people that don't know what he's talking about, he's talking about marijuana. <laughs> um, okay. Okay. So news and how we got here. Oh, okay. So this is another like session of me just like kind of thinking through stuff about like just the state of media, right? Because I've been getting really frustrated with both uh, social media and media and the fact that media can be so completely dishonest and the the idea like, oh, media is biased. And I've heard that a lot, but, and then I've heard like some arguments like, no, it's not biased at all. It's straight up partisan. And I would agree more with that is that media is straight partisan. There's no like bias. It's this is our side and this is what we're advertising for because we're 
we're, and we're getting back into marketing. We know our audience and that's all we want to focus on is our audience. So, and the reason why they're able to get here, and I kind of want to go back and try to tell you, try to put in the, the history of news and the media. Well, first off, it was, you know, the evening news and it was newspapers. So you as a consumer would have to purchase a newspaper to be able to get the news to your house. I'd had a, a newspaper route growing up. I don't know if you ever helped out with that. Uh, you know what? I, I remember you getting up early to do yeah. it. I don't think I ever helped or, you know, I was more of a let people do their own thing. Yeah. Yeah. Sleeping and not <laughs> so doing the, I was more the of a sleeping route. at four instead of delivering newspapers kind of kid. So first off that business model, the newspaper route is crazy that it existed. I mean, imagine today you have a bunch of underage kids that you're paying to go deliver your paper. And How then guess was what? that legal? <laughs> Collecting the payment for said paper, sometimes check, sometimes cash. That was their, that was their mock business. I have model. a question. Was that, was that actually ran by the newspapers or was that ran by like a distributor? I think it's a distributor. So the newspaper gets it to the distributor and the distributor runs it like that. But at least that's what it was up in Washington state when we did it. Like yeah. we had the person that does the, the areas that manage the areas. That's like your contact. And you get set up with a route. You get that route. You're able to drop off the papers. You get the papers dropped off at your home. You set them up, you take them out, you drop them off every two weeks, every month, something like that. You go to all your customers and you collect payment. So it's, sometimes it's cash, sometimes it's whatever. And you're just like, you know, 12, 15, whatever year old kid. Sometimes adults did it, but that's how you not only did your distribution, but also collected it. Well, then came, you know, so, so getting back to paying for your media like that, if your newspaper started writing some off the wall crap that was just like you felt like like this is just so biased and so stupid you would have you would have stopped paying for it like there's no way you would pay for something that you felt was just a, a just a load of crap you're like why am i paying for this news and so that's why they had to have a pretty good balance because they had to they had to bring as many customers as possible mm -hmm. that was their business model yeah well then came the 24 hour news cycle news cable news and that started changing things. So now it wasn't all uh, the, the stories in the evening. It was how can we keep their attention during the peak hours? How can we keep their attention during non-peak hours? We have a lot more content to fill now. So we have to be able to repeat it. So it has to be very hot buttony type issue, stuff that doesn't really matter. We have to put in a lot of filler. So that started changing things. Then you fast forward to the... Um, the uh, the revolution of you know the internet and now it became the focus is on clickbait and being able to get people's eyeballs on it because now you're not selling to that customer you're selling to the advertiser the advertiser wants the person's eyeballs the only mm -hmm. way you're going to get that person's eyeballs is if you're having something outrageous like hey a dog got bit by 12 people at the park today what the f is that you click on it <laughs> like instead of like hey your property taxes might be going up and this is why because of this bill and this bill and this bill in your local election Sorry, that's not clickbait when I see it come well, across my screen. You want to hear something interesting. <laughs> so while you've been talking, I was looking up the the beginning of the 24-hour news cycle. <clears throat> and I found this little snippet. Now, mind you, I want to get back to what, what I just found out is that I was trying to look up um, the dip of uh, call it, or college, not college news, cable news channels since Trump left. Every single article that I clicked on wanted me to buy. 
And I'm like, no, this is the <laughs> internet. I'm not, I don't pay for porn. I'm not paying to read your words. That's so. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I did get to uh, something interesting. Uh, now this is from Wikipedia and could very well be complete crap. So feel free to fact check me the internet. Uh, but it says, although uh, all news radio operated for decades earlier, the 24-hour news cycle arrived with the advent of cable television channels dedicated to news and brought about a much faster pace of news production with an increased demand for stories that can be presented as a continual news with constant updating. The O.J. Simpson murder case in 94 and 95 created the 24-hour news cycle and ushered in the era of cable news. I found that really interesting because that's it really has just built on that outrage because that's what that's what was happening in the oj murder case and everything that led up to it it was outrage it was this guy clearly did it everybody was watching just to see you know everybody loves to see somebody fall from grace so that's what everybody's watching for and then much deeper than just fall from grace (laughs) what's even better is he got away with it so now you have outrage on a totally different scale. Yeah. And you have, you know, because of the symbolism of OJ being this black guy that was in white communities and even he can get accused of it. And so now they're like, oh, well now, you know, and that was right around the time of, was that before or after Rodney King? I feel like that was after Rodney King. I think Rodney King was 92. That's right. 92, you had the LA riots. That's the LA riots, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you had OJ. And then you had this, it's like this, like we were all talking about the gorilla in the room of racial uh racial issues and racial tension Did you and all that seriously just say the gorilla listen the i said it after the fact listen i'm not it's an expression that's been used for a long time it has nothing to do with what you're trying to say it does and i realized after i said it I'm like oh crap gosh the elephant in the room elephant in the room only you know what you're the racist one for even thinking that you son of a bitch jeez <laughs> God. You know, if I if I didn't want us to get death threats and whatnot, I would go ahead and edit that out. But I'm just no, don't edit it, it out because I'm sick of people apologizing for stuff, even if it's a slip or if it's like, like if it's a no, if it's a mistake like that where I'm just saying stuff and someone could take it wrong. Well, I'm sorry you took it wrong. Like if I'm <laughs> intending to be racist, call me out on it. Like if I'm saying racist crap and calling out people just based off their skin or culture call me out on it. But if I say something and I say gorilla in the room and I happen to be talking about OJ Simpson and it's not in all me making a racial joke about OJ Simpson, F you. And he, he was a strong son of a bitch. Let's not forget that. The guy, I mean, <laughs> Heisman the trophy a, winner. <laughs> that alone deserves him, uh, at least a mistrial. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm not saying that he should have gotten away with it for being that good at football, but dude, I don't know if anybody's been as good as the juice. It's the juice. I'm just saying. He's the juice. Like, come on. And, you know, Kim Kardashian really has a lot to thank OJ for. No one would know who Kim Kardashian was if it wasn't for OJ Simpson. Do you have you seen Joe Rogan's um, comedy special on Netflix? I think it is. No, I got to check it out, though. Oh, it might not be. It might not be on Netflix. I think it's Joe Rogan's Stranger Times or no um, Rocky Mountain High. That's it. 
And he's like to to explain um Kim Kardashian to aliens, you first have to explain American football. And then you have to explain who OJ Simpson was. <laughs> and then you'd have to explain that the history of slavery to understand why OJ Simpson's case was a big deal. And, and you have to explain uh or he also goes in to talk about how everybody that worked on the case died of cancer. And I was like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> that is weird. I didn't know that. Everybody, Rob it's Kardashian, uh, Johnny Cochran. Uh, there was like three other people, and they all died of cancer. Man, I mean, I'm not, I'm not laughing about the loss of life. I am just laughing about the ironic. coincidence. Yeah, <laughs> like no, no, it's completely natural causes. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but the 24-hour uh, news cycle. Sorry, I like, I like to get get people off of their their train of. No, thoughts. I like it because. <laughs> that's where you find all the, all the gems along the way, like, you know, girl in the room and stuff. Um, <laughs> and they're both in the jungle. I, I give it to you. I get it. I get it. Well, actually elephants aren't in jungles. They're like in the plains of Africa. I'm pretty sure there's like elephants in jungles. somewhere. I'm sure there's yeah. And like India, maybe yeah. Thailand. I don't know. And like, haven't you seen uh George of the jungle? There's an elephant in that and gorillas. And that's pretty factual. And it's, that's that in Africa. Is- straight wait straight is it in accurate. africa or is it no in idea. south america i think it's probably based in africa there's gorillas in it oh they have freaking guides that speak swahili of course it's ah, yeah africa. that's right yeah. oh man that that movie holds up if you if you have disney plus go watch yourself george of the jungle Great i think i play. should because it's been a while and i like the what's his name what's his what's the actor name brendan frazier brandon frazier i don't know why i forgot that that guy's great and i like him and everyone's criticizing because he became normal and i'm like eh, he's a cool guy he became uh, normal as in he just stopped being in movies he stopped being in movies i think also his career kind of went down i'm not exactly sure what what history is but people are like like i don't know if you you're not on tiktok but people are like uh, i don't know why it is but there was like a trend for a while making fun of him because he got normal a little bit fat and it's like why are you busting on him? The guy did a movie. Did you do anything? No, you made a TikTok criticizing someone <laughs> that actually went out and did something. F you. I am reaching out to Brendan Fraser right now to come on my show and defend himself. That would be a great idea. I wonder if he would do that. That would be kind of cool. I don't know. But I, wait. No, no, that's a satire page. These satire pages get me every time. I like it's it's so I've I've been extremely fortunate that people who have blue check marks every now and then do check their messages and uh, I get to have conversations with people that I never thought I'd get to. Um, But I think I think Brendan Fraser is a definite possibility. I'm going to put some weight behind that. (laughs) Hey, I like him. I'd I'd listen to it. That's uh, that's Brendan Fraser. Come on. It's like the. It's like the nineties. Like so that's tell me nineties and Brendan Fraser, I think. <laughs> so tell me back in 1934, when you were going into the pyramids, did you know you were going to release the mummy? <laughs> <laughs> why, why did you, why did you let them to take out those? Uh, what was that? That jewel on the very top. Well, that one guy, remember that he grabbed the top of the jewel yeah. off of the top of the pyramid. I, what uh, happened to that jewel? Dude, oh my goodness, that may be the funnest podcast idea I've ever had in my life where I interview actors and ask them ask them questions based on their characters. Like you're acting as if it was like a documentary. <laughs> or I'm having a podcast with those characters from the movies. 
Yeah. That could be hilarious. That could be a funny like skit, like side podcast to, to this podcast. Like where you have episodes of where you're like, and we're interviewing the uh, you know, documentary. We're, we're acting like it's a real documentary and all that. And they're like, you know, it's a movie, right? Or, or, or maybe even they're playing along. Like they're the actual character. That would be fun too. Either, either way, it would be funny where they're like, you, you don't think that I was alive in 1935, <laughs> do you? <laughs> But Listen, then also, if, if they just rolled with it, I think it would be hilarious. Just that would be awesome. That would be, that'd be an interesting podcast. Were you really bummed when you and Rachel Weisz's character got divorced in the third movie or second movie? I, I don't remember the, I don't remember the yeah. stories of the, the mummy movie. I know, we'd have to go refresh ourselves. Dude. Or, or, if you could in, uh, or if you could interview Bruce Willis and the actress chick from uh, Fifth Element. I don't know why that popped in my head. But fifth Mila, element was Mila Djokovic. Yeah. 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 Did, but if you could interview both of I them. I hear I hear that Bruce Willis is the biggest dick. I probably could see that. I mean, come on, the man made man was in die hard. Man was in die hard. He it does. It would be hard to have an ego lowered after you're in after you are die hard. Like yeah, you I are I killed Hans Gruber. Right. <laughs> 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 can't do anything with that. Uh, I gotta, I gotta write down that idea because interviewing and we could, you could even start with like B list celebrities, like that are like movies that aren't really that big of a deal that most people forgot about, but it's like, that would be, that would be a fun, that would be fun too. Like I'll I'll interview Kevin Smith as uh, silent Bob. (laughs) Yeah. And so he just like, everything is yes or no answers with him. And mm -mm. Oh, that's funny. Like that would be a great idea for a podcast. Someone that doesn't talk. <laughs> My guest today is Helen Keller. That would be pretty, be a pretty, uh, uh pretty quick podcast. How did uh, uh, how did Helen Carol- Keller's parents punish her? I, I don't know. Left the plunger in the toilet. Uh, you know i think i i think i butchered that joke i think there's a a funnier way to say it but it's still funny to yeah they fucked up shit yeah it's pretty funny though uh and to think that this all started with talking about the 24-hour news cycle yeah yeah well you know ellen keller plungers toilets news cycle (laughs) but the the news cycle is what um has gotten us here where we are now because you can't escape it like nobody really does i mean that's not true there are people who do and you know what they are happier than everybody else if you can stay off of news and just news in general because it's designed to agitate you it's designed to to it's designed you. to elicit a response yes emotional response yeah so like it, it and that's and they do a really good job and it comes back to you know the idea of like marketing and that's what really opened my eyes when i did my first marketing class and i was like just learning about stuff and i'm like i started seeing marketing practices and everything from religion to politics to everything that gets done 
it's like, oh, it's all about how you frame it, market it, sell it and motivate people to act like that's all it is about. Yeah, like that's that's what I I wanted to talk about um, this a little later, but I'll just go ahead and talk about it right now was that COVID had the best marketing. And what I mean by that is that the way that the you know 24 hour news cycle the conservative media and the liberal media both took the same thing and were to were able to blow it up in two opposite directions one being oh my god this is the end of all time everything everybody's going to die we're going to have 10 million dead by october and then the other side, which is no, it's the flu and how, how we saw that grow and how this side that was saying, Oh my God, it's the worst thing ever has continually come this way to a point or to a, to a certain amount without ever acting like they're backtracking on what they said prior. Yeah. Does, does that make sense? No. Yeah. I know exactly what you're saying. Cause and I then all of these, these people, people over here still stayed like way over here. Oh, yeah. it's the flu. Still, they haven't come anywhere close. They've had family members that have died from it. They're still like, Nope, it's the flu. They died from a car accident. It's like, no, they, they literally died from COVID. Like, Nope. They got in a car accident four years ago. It's because of that. And like, the, 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 the massive amount, amount of money that was put behind it. Like, Oh man, like I, I never liked the, the medical guy. I don't, I don't like saying his name, no, but uh, sorry. The did you say be, it? Yeah, did I you did. say his name? It, well, I, I just, it, it just seems like it's a comical, so comical of a name that it's not even real. Like really your name's Fauci. The character, him as an individual seems too ridiculous to be real. Like, <laughs> so here's what, like, this is why I, I just don't think there's any legitimacy to even listening to, to him anymore. Anyways, I'm like, what, first off, why aren't we just listening to the CDC? Like, who is this guy to, to like just one individual? No, like CDC is a board of professionals that are in infectious disease that know all this stuff. Fauci is just some dude that hangs around the white house and sits in on meetings. I'm like, Oh, in my experience from not being in the medical field for the last 40 years or whatever it is, um, and not actually seeing patients. Like, do you, do you think that there is no real difference between a politician and, and Fauci? No, no, it, it, there uh, clearly isn't because the, he first gets out saying, you don't need a mask, don't need a mask. And then he comes back, he's like, no, we all need masks. And he's like, well, I said that because I was worried that there was going to be a run on masks. Okay, well, so you've already you've already proven to us that you're willing to lie to us, lie to us once. for our protection, for our protection. And then did you ever hear him getting interviewed by uh, who was it? Uh, Ted Cruz. And I'm not always a fan of Ted Cruz. But when he was inter- when he was talking about you, he's like, OK, you're saying and this is right around the time of all the riots after uh, George Floyd and all that. He's like, you're saying that protests and all that tend to uh, like groups, large groups. Everyone has to stay separated. Would you say that we should start saying that we shouldn't have these protests going on? And then he freezes up and he doesn't answer it. He's like, I, it's not my time to say. He's like, but you're saying we can't be in school. We, have to, we can't be in any great gatherings over six people. We have to wear a mask. We have to stay separated. Would you say that we should not have these protests going on? 
that's not for me to say. Uh, he starts like total, total like politician. And I'm like, okay, well, then what do you good for? Like, if you're not good to tell us like how to protect, and I don't know, because they've been even like having evidence that minorities are the biggest at risk from COVID, yet they're not telling them to not gather in these protests. Like, we listen, we understand you're upset, but no kidding, your communities are at most at risk. I'm not saying a single thing because they're using it as a political pawn to get what they want. So he's he's a politician. <laughs> Sorry, I got a little upset with that one. Well, no, like I mean, I I get it. Like I'm I'm definitely not like a COVID denier. I'm I'm a COVID realist. I like it still boggles my mind to this day that you never saw anything on the news about doing things for your immunity, exercise, vitamins, make sure to get outside in front of the sun for an hour. Like these are three things and like everybody has the access to do except for people in Seattle about the sun. But you know, for the most part, everybody can do. And it, it, you had to hear it from Joe Rogan. And I'm, I, I don't, I don't think that Joe Rogan is an unintelligent person. There's a lot of people who do think that. And so because they think that because they, they plaster him as an alt-right platformist who is just trying to, get his guns and try to try to down with all the liberals. It's like, have you ever listened to the guy talk? He's, he's more liberal than he he lived in California for 30 years. I mean, that's a made up number. I don't know how long he lived there. (laughs) I want to say it was probably closer to 2025 because I know he lived out in Boulder uh, just up the road from me for a short amount of time as well. But he's, which uh, again, a very liberal area. Like he's, he's extremely liberal and that's okay. Like, yeah, yeah, he talks to people who have different opinions than him. That's okay. Like that is that's the it's most not only okay, but it's so important. Yeah, it's it's the like, best thing about communication is talking with people that you don't agree with, but you can you can learn. You can yeah. you can realize the fault in your your beliefs and then you can solidify, oops, sorry. Solidify the fault in theirs like yeah or communicating with people you disagree with is the most paramount thing that we can do today as people as americans as you know however you want to say it like that is the number one thing that if you want to become a more informed individual and you want to be able to be able to a back your own beliefs up more argue them with somebody who sees it the other way if you want to maybe, I mean, I, cause I go, I don't think, I don't know if this is a common thing, but I love finding out that I'm wrong about things and like finding out that I believe something for so long. I'm like, Oh my goodness, this changes everything. This, because this happened Three. and this happened to be a lie. Like I, uh, I'll, hmm, that's a, that's a tough one. I don't, I don't know if I want to talk about that, but it's when you, when you realize that there's one thing in in the, your your the tower that is your belief system it makes you look at everything else it makes you think it, it gives you critical thinking skills to where i believed this for so long and this piece right here i know is complete bullshit now i know that this is bullshit what else because this piece is all the way down here at the bottom of this tower 
what else that got stacked on top of this is also bullshit. Like yeah. I, I looked, it was, uh, it was, it was actually my, my freshman year of college of, of the two years, the, or the one and a half years that I went to college. And it was, um, it was honestly the best thing I ever did was take a philosophy class. And it talked about breaking down the pillars of your belief systems. And granted, I'm sure that they did it for their own nefarious reasons, as you can, can see in the, the college system today. It is, uh, like I said, I, I am a liberal, lib, or a, yeah, a liberal, a, liber, 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 a conservative libertarian. There we go. Blah, blah, blah. Tongue twisters, liberals, conservatives, libertarians. So hard to keep everything straight. But it was, it was that class that really got me to start, you know, questioning everything that I had, I'd been taught prior. And I was able to, you know, break down my, my thought processes and, you know, what I thought was true from that point on. And it all started with just, you, you have these three pillars and that is, that is essentially what has built up your belief system. Pillars are one, your parents and family. Two was your um, schooling. And three, religion. Uh, I, I don't think it was religion. I want to say maybe it was something that encompassed religion, like uh, community, oh, uh, something, maybe. community, culture, Only family's something, kind of culture. It was something, it was something like that. Mm -hmm. And it, it really helped me realize that, you know, just because I heard, you know, a certain thing every day from the time that I was a baby doesn't make it, make it true. You know, my, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not attacking my, my mother when I say this, but my, you know, realizing that, oh, maybe my mom doesn't know everything. <laughs> and, you know, and that, like, that's not a slight to her, but that's yeah. as a child, like you, you look up at your parents, your parents know everything. <clears throat> you, you're literally learning everything from them. Like when you are a baby, a toddler into being a, you know, a, a child and then a, you know, a teenager and everything like, but at, in those formidable years, it's, Hey mom, what's this dad? What's this? How does this work? Mom? Source How does of this all work, truth. Dad? Yeah. And that really builds, builds who you are and how you think. And that's not a bad thing, but I think that it's good to become aware of that. And man, I don't even, Oh, so we got on this by talking, by talking about talking with people with different beliefs, yeah. <laughs> different beliefs than yourself. So it really is the best thing that you can do today. And it seems that the only thing that people want to talk about today with people that are different is they want to talk about the differences and not trying to find any common ground or nobody wants to, nobody, nobody wants to find out that they've been wrong. And that's a scary thing to find, find yourself in, in a, in yeah. a world that people want to, they want to radicalize the, the general masses. 
you, well, you are becoming a pawn at that yeah. point. Well, and it's it's like a I think I think there's there's something about it also that it gets you psychologically, like it gets you that purpose behind like my idea. I now subscribe to this way of thinking, and this way of thinking's right because I'm right. And if you tell me I'm not right, then you're an idiot <laughs> because I'm right. And because I have the ego in me. And my ego will not allow me to evaluate what I'm thinking is correct. And I think there's, there, it would be nice if somehow we could open up the door and everyone have, your belief is not actually you. Your belief is something that you're holding on to at the moment. And you're like, hey, this is, this is keeping me steady right now, but this might, might not be my go-to thing forever. But right now this works. And then you have to like constantly kind of evaluate that like, oh, well, maybe this doesn't work for me so much anymore. Maybe my beliefs start to shift. And to do that, you have to drop lower your e own ego. Like maybe what I thought was great, like you were saying, what I thought was great ends up being full of crap. And so you have to lower your own ego to say, I can be wrong. That's really hard to do for a lot of people. That was, that was by far, <clears throat> by far my biggest criticism of Trump is yep. I, I can't take you serious as a human being if you can't admit can't that you were, you were wrong. And the, the thing that really like made it louder than words to me was um, kind of early on in the, the whole COVID thing. And they were talking about, they were talking about possibilities, like things that they could try. And he talked about disinfectants and <laughs> bleach or something to that effect. And the fact that it was a guy who was spitballing, just like I do when I, when I close the door and I'm with my team and we need to, you know, work on a marketing idea. Like we take, like we say the stupidest shit. Oh, totally. And you're literally taking everything you have and you're throwing it at the wall yep. and you're seeing what sticks. And that's really good for in that, in that setting. And it's Not okay. When you're in a conference, Not oh, no, when no, you're no. like talking to the nation. No, no, I, I, I think, I think, I, I think differently on that. I think that, okay. I think that that's okay. But when you can't admit that that's what you're doing, that's oh, the problem because he said, yeah. no, that I, that was taken entirely out of context. I was saying it as a joke. No, yeah. you weren't, you were spitballing. You were taking everything you could find. You were throwing it at the wall and you were trying to see what sticks and that's okay. Yeah. Because we were like, the thing about that's COVID true. is that it was something unlike we had, we had ever experienced in this modern era of technology in like technology. Yeah. The, you know, even when H1N1 happened, the social media was not where it is today. No. And, and, and the, the social media aspect of it actually amplifies the impact of the disease because it causes the panic and the panic is not knowing, not knowing. Yeah. I, I, and Panic buying is uh, is my favorite buying. Yeah, that's that's honestly what what kept me in you know having a job during COVID. So uh, thank you, thank you for all the the fear cable news. Everyone's freaked out, <laughs> like oh man. But yeah, no, I would admit I would agree with you on that one. Um, like I actually I I think behind closed doors the guy's probably a really good negotiator because well obviously he wasn't a good negotiator because we were getting stuff happening that didn't make sense if you just looked at like what the headlines were yeah. like the whole treaties the peace treaty so i'm like something's happening behind closed doors 
and I'm okay with it because we're not going to war. Like I, I'm like, hey, if we can keep people, if we can keep Americans from going over to other countries and blowing up brown people, I don't know why we like to do that so much, but that's that's what we do. We never fight. Well, no, the liberals don't brown. like to do that. They they don't do that. They definitely didn't bomb Syria thirty days. Thirty oh, days. You know what? I'm I'm getting word. Hold on. No, Hold no. On. 30 days in he did bomb syria okay damn i don't know what to say now like that's and that was my main thing of like against trump is all that stuff but i was like listen and that's why i voted for trump this last time is because behind closed doors i don't know what was happening i didn't like him i don't like i still don't really like him but for some reason we weren't going to war and we were uh things were doing okay but yeah the guy as the as the individual i'm i'm okay with him being gone is there is there a, a more um do you think that there is a more interesting podcast than joe rogan talking to trump for three hours oh my gosh i i think that should actually be the debate from now on like it, there should be no debate debates are such a waste of time you get nothing from them it oh doesn't change goodness. anyone's mind no. All it says is maybe they might mess up in that short amount of time that they're supposed to say, this is what I'm going to do for the entire world because we're not just the, you know, a nation we're, we're over everything. We're a world and leader, you're yeah. going to give me three debates with this other guy. That's going to tell me how dumb I am. And we're going to spend most of our time fighting back and forth. We're going to talk very little about policy and mostly about how much that guy's an idiot and how much th- I'm really smart. So come on, man, <laughs> come on, man. Oh man, will you shut up? Actually, that was actually probably my favorite part it of that was whole hilarious. debate. I was like, all right, Joe, you got him there. Thank you. <laughs> but like, seriously, sitting down with Joe Rogan for at least three hours, you're going to get into like, you're going to know what that person, who that person is. You're going to know, you're going to know what they stand for. And you're no gonna, talking points. No, you are person. going to have a wonderful thing to hold them against yes when they start making decisions yeah like oh okay joe biden said he was gonna try to get everybody out of all uh exterior countries but but now we're deploying and we're opening more bases in the philippines what you know like like, it really and that's why it'll never happen which is the thing that sucks about it yeah but um but i i don't think that there is a more um what's the word when 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 so, when like a bunch of people want something what's what's the word for that Mo, um not look forward to it's consumer demand um you know i don't even know if i know will the of the word people I'm trying to think I'm trying to think of but i don't i don't think that there's a more sought after podcast than than that because I think that it, I think that it would be wonderful for the people who think that Trump walked on water to see the the just the, the faults in their stars, mm-hmm. and and it would also it would be I mean there's always going to be the the talking heads on CNN MSNBC and they're they're always going to just highlight the out of context and you know things like that but it it would definitely open up the people who were in the middle 
that either a voted for him because they didn't like Hillary the first time or Joe Biden the second time or, or vice versa for the people that voted for Biden because they didn't like what they saw in the, the first four years that had voted for him previously. Yeah. I think that it would be, it, it, this, this is probably why it will never happen, but it, it would be a very humanizing experience. Yeah. And what's, what's interesting is like, you have to be so strategic in that, in those types of campaigns that almost if you're exposing yourself to get off of the talking point more, it's considered a liability than rather than an asset. But I think that if a president was to do that, it would force the other candidate to have to do that. Yeah. Mm, but actually maybe not because like if a president did that and then there was, there was material I could then use against him, why would I put myself out there? You know what I mean? If I'm his competitor. So it's like, we would have to force them be like, nope, you both have to do it. You both have to send four hours and we can, you can talk about three talking points that you want to talk about. The rest of it is going to be prepared stuff by the uh, interviewer. And neither one of you are going to have, have any idea what those questions are. Yeah. No, you just you have to get, get this, ideas. get this. You're going to have to know your platform from start to finish. I know that's expecting a lot from people. Well, you would, but you would expect that someone running things would know what they're talking about and not have to constantly refer back to their notes. Well, what's fun. One of my favorite things, one of those um, like word on the street um, video, like gotcha videos where they yeah. take all these policies that are of one party and they say them Actually, to people. That's not that party. That's <laughs> this person. And you're like, well, like Oh, I, I think my favorite was, I think it was actually, they were taking Joe Biden quotes from the the messed up stuff that he has said over his illustrious career as a politician last week. And they said, <laughs> they started it off. Did you, do you think that it's really racist when Trump said this and then they yep. quoted Joe Biden and then they were like, yeah, it's extremely racist. And then they go, well, how do you feel knowing that it's actually Joe Biden that said that? They're like, well, Joe Biden is another story, but uh, like, I, I remember hearing like the responses, like, and it's funny, like you can tell when a person's partisan, when they're like, yeah, well, he has problems, but Trump's worse. Like, it's like, <laughs> I love that, that as a response. Like, it's like, like, why can't you just admit like, listen, this person sucks. Yeah. I don't have to point at the other one saying they're worse. That person sucks. This sucks about them. That sucks about them. <laughs> what I like about him is this aspect and that aspect. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just, it's, uh, it's funny. I don't know. Funny is the word I would use. It's, I it's, watch a lot we of are a reality show for aliens. And that's why it's funny because that's the only thing that would make sense is the most ridiculous stuff about society, politics, what people do in general, we're a reality show for aliens. How long do you think it would take for aliens just watching us to start to understand our motives? we don't even understand our motives sometimes. Um, I, oh, well, well, I agree with you to a certain extent. I think that the partisanness uh, of the, the American public and the, the international world for that matter, because it, the, the whole stupid American thing is very rooted in, you know, pop culture and all of this. And well, 
we, 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 we're very satire and we like to make fun of ourselves. <laughs> when we do stupid American, it's usually Americans teasing Americans about being stupid to, to foreigners. But, you know, I used to think that until I, I, I'm, I'm in a bunch of different like Facebook groups, Reddit, you know, groups, different things. And there is a lot of, uh, you know, unironic, stupid American stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's comical because, you know, obviously like some of the points they make are not invalid. <laughs> like yeah. I'm not, I'm not above saying that we do some stupid shit at times. I mean, well, like, I mean, think about, think about American culture and think about how, what we get criticized for and then what we do now. So liberals are, are big on criticizing like the American policy of going into other countries and manhandling how they handle things and telling them how to do things. That's American, right? We don't want to be like that. <laughs> Meanwhile, Black Lives Matter starts up and it's all ran by white liberals, it seems like. White liberals are way more upset than any black people. Their white liberals are the ones saying defund the cops. Like people that live in the ghetto, they're not saying defund the cops. They're saying, let's, let's fix the cops. Let's not defund them because I don't want to get killed. Like, no, white liberals are going in there telling them what they need to be upset about. So American, we are dumb. We are dumb. No, it's, and it's true. Like I, I worked in some of the worst neighborhoods in, in the country. I worked in the you know zip code that had the highest murder rate per capita in the nation at the time in Rochester, yeah. New York. And it's true. Like I, I was literally installing alarm systems that were connecting people's homes to the police. That's what the alarm systems did. Like that was their selling point. And do you know where we did the most sales? We did the most sales in the roughest neighborhoods because those people felt unsafe yeah. and they felt unsafe for a reason because whether it was the government that was allowing, you know, unrest in, in these areas, I don't know how they ended up cleaning it up. Cause I hear, I actually heard recently that Rochester is like super freaking nice now. I was oh, like, good. man, I'd love to go back, <laughs> but maybe it was all those alarms I installed, but uh <laughs> God's but yeah, you know, the people the people do want safety, and to to answer the question before it pops out of everybody's mouth, yes, like I'd say seventy percent of the people whose homes that I was installing in were black, African American, however you want to say it, like they were, you know, the the group of people that the media would like you to think wants to defund the police, but you're right, it, like they don't. They, the, and the, that, that's another great example of uh, the partisanness of the media is that the, the defund the police thing wasn't as bad as everybody was making it out to be. What it was, was it was talking about maybe just maybe for these instances that cops don't need to go to maybe we don't send cops maybe we we have other types of community outreach that can help this and i i don't have the the numbers or the you know exact locations yeah. that we're planning to do that right in front of me but that was a decent amount of some of a lot of these places that were trying to do that part it was not no this money needs to go to roads instead of the police it was okay the police don't need to be showing up at you know these types of calls they need to 
be handling actual dangerous people, not people that are in a vulnerable place that could be construed violent to an outsider coming into their domain. You know what I mean? Like whenever you're. So the complaint would be like that the idea or the concept of over policing, like maybe if we have too many police on the street, they're going to find too many problems. And then that's just going to cause like almost a harassment atmosphere. Like they're just looking for stuff, anything they can. When you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. That's true. You know, like when there's this many cops, you have to pay for that with this many bus, this many traffic tickets. I mean, you can say that there's no such thing as quotas all day long, but that shit is real. Police quotas are a real thing. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't remember how I got onto this, but, um, man, total brain fart. Yeah, yeah, totally. We're going down a going down a hole here. So, like, that's how, that's how you know just, you're having a good conversation. Yeah, when right. When you don't <laughs> like, remember the initial, somewhere. when you don't remember the initial discussion that caused the tree to go the entire way that it went. Well, let me. Well, if we're if we're cool, let me try to change the, and maybe this will kind of lead back into it, anyways. Yeah. But um, I have a kind of a, like a topic idea that I was that I've been kind of like it's kind of like a thought that I've been going over in my head more, more of these late night sessions of sitting around thinking about stuff. Um, um, but like the, this idea of the role of uh, historical role of government and the historical role of like religion and the other side, like they're almost like a yin and yang. And this, I was kind of thinking of this concept. Mm-hmm. So government starts out being very authoritarian, authoritative, authorita- authoritarian, whatever you have like kings you know the main guy that controls the area and he's he's the top dog religion kind of came in and said well no you're not the top god dog god over here is you gotta you gotta please him sure you're running shows here but you gotta run shows there and it kind of helped balance out and there was times when government and church overlaid and then there's times that the church was way stronger like with the catholic church it just had all the power to like wage wars and crap and um, the people in charge of the Catholic Church at that time, or the, the church as it was, were you know the people that were running around, almost like the people that would run around today and try to have like these like they would use their the organization and the structure and all that to manipulate what they want. And in much of the same way, it's kind of happening now, where we're replacing that that concept of religion with. Uh, like leftist ideals, it seems like like stuff canceled because of because it's offensive. Like, what the hell? Where did that come from? Like, <laughs> who has ever said that canceling stuff because it's offensive is a good thing? Like that to me, that's that's stupid. Like, you should let the free market decide it. But you know, whatever. But it's 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 just funny. Like this this idea of like you know the this this back and forth and now leftists like the leftist ideals or leftist like agitators and all that, or a lot like the religious zealots of yesteryear that were like, you know, doing witch hunts and all that type of stuff. Now it's the leftists that would be, if they were back then, they would have been the religious zealots because they could control people. And that's, well, that's how they're doing it. I don't know who said it, but somebody said it on Rogan at one time, but the woke culture has become 
the religion of the 21st century. It really has like, you don't have to believe in God. You just have to believe in injustice, which injustice exists. It does. You're never going to fix it. (laughs) Sorry guys. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't try. You shouldn't try, but it's, yeah, but, but it's, it's very easy to get upset about something and then think that you can change it by getting somebody to shut up. Like I, I, I understand, like that's, I guess that's the most scary thing about the woke culture, the woke system or whatever you want to call it is that I understand where they're coming from. And that's, and that's the part that, you know, that's the part that nobody wants to talk to. So or talk about, but I mean, I'll use an example from, our very religious family and upbringing. Uh, my, my mom hated uh, growing up. What was it? Nestle because Nestle had, had developed a, a formula for, for babies that they were saying was better for, for babies than breast milk. And it caused something. It caused a, a negative effect in the babies in the u.s and so they basically sold it all to third world countries in africa and it, it was really messed up and her her response to that was a boycott so she was and she she wasn't quiet about it like she she spoke it to anybody who would listen like if anybody would ask oh why didn't you have one of the did Nestle make Butterfinger? I think Nestle made Butterfinger because it was delicious and I always wanted them and my mom wouldn't buy me them. I had to get them elsewhere. And that is why I got so fat. <laughs> but uh, but it, mom. she, you know, she, she believed that it was, it was a, a, a bad evil company. And so her response to that was to boycott and that that was the that's the early the early stages of of canceling so no no side of this political spectrum is above doing it yeah what you're seeing now especially is you're seeing a rubber band effect of so many things have been you know quote unquote canceled on the right by people from the left that now anytime somebody from the left does anything outside of their own little walled garden that they have made for themselves like then the right's going ah ah and then they they try to get them canceled. I'm like, that's not how this works. An eye for an eye leaves everybody blind. And that's right. not a good way to go about things. But, and, and that, that goes back to, to what I was saying at the beginning is, like I said, I, I can understand how being upset with somebody because they said something, they said faggot, they said retard. They said, you know, I'm not going to say the N word because, you know, I don't want to, I don't, I'm not going to cross that bridge, but, um, you know, like I, I get it. I understand. Like if, if you are a part of one of those classes and, or you are very closely associated with one of those classes that pisses you off and you want, you want there to be a repercussion for, for these, you know, people that you see as evil. It, it goes back to what you were talking about, um, you mentioned something about abortion and you kind of were talking about like, you know, if you, I, don't, I don't remember exactly how we were talking about it, but it got me thinking there's a, uh, a comic sketch, uh, or not a sketch, but a stand up bit by somebody 
I actually know who it is, but I'm not going to say because he might have gotten canceled in the last five years. Uh, but it, it was really funny. And he, he broke it down. Like if you believe that a heartbeat in a woman is life, then yeah, you are killing a life inside of another person. That's horrible. Like that, if that's what you believe, you believe that that is a a living being. And then somebody is going in and just snuffing that out. That's horrible. That is, that's, that's deplorable to use some fun words. Like that is a terrible thing, but it's the realization that not everybody has the exact same beliefs about everything. Like I will always call my friends faggot because I, I will never call a gay person a faggot and I will never use a negative connotation like that to a gay person. Like intent fucking matters. Yeah. That's, that's, I think what we need to get to is we need to like look for the intent first. Like if you say something that really is offensive to me, like you insult me like to my core and I'm like, if I know you're doing it on purpose to get me, then I'll get upset at you. But if you're saying it and you say it in passing, cause you're used to like making fun of some dude that likes to wear blue t-shirts and stuff, but I take it really personal. It's my responsibility to inquire, to make sure that I understand where you're coming from. If yeah. I get offended by something that you didn't mean to offend in, in uh, mean offense. And I get really upset. That's on me now. Like it's not on you as much. I have to like say, Hey, Justin, and maybe, maybe, you know, we have to be smart about it, but I got to take you aside and be like, you said this, it really kind of bothered me. Were you, were you trying to insult me here and all that? Like, what, what were you trying to do there? Now, intent, situation, all that stuff, you're supposed, you should be socially intelligent to be able to read cues pretty quickly, but it's to, it's much better to first find out that intent than to jump to something quickly. Like I, I do it the same thing with all these, like, it's funny, like I'm, you know, I'm kind of watching the Floyd, the Floyd Brown case and I, I kind of know where it's all, I, I feel like it's going to get acquitted, but it, you know, it's just interesting to watch to see how it handles. But like, as we're finding out all the details for it, it's like, mm, it's not as clear cut as what we thought it was going to be. Yeah, it's still messed up, but there is some weird stuff with that whole situation that led up to it. And finding out the intent that officer that laid on his neck i want to find out like why did he lay on his neck for eight minutes like what why why what decision was that was that training was that what what happened up to that point we have to find we have to get to the point of finding out the truth before we come down to our talking points of our tribe like that's what we should seek is not finding out what the, the group is telling us to think but finding out like actually let's find out what happened individually let's it's the the that goes back to something else that happened in the month of March, because this is the month of March, 2021 recap. That's that's what we're doing. (laughs) That's what we're doing. Right. (laughs) Now we remember, um, you know, in, in Atlanta, Georgia, there Atlanta, right. Is that where the, the massage parlor shootings happened? Yeah. So that, that sparked the whole stop Asian hate thing. And it, the, the good and the bad that happened from the stop Asian hate thing is one hate crimes as a whole went down. That's awesome. 
the not so good part is while hate crimes went down by 20%, I, I, I'm not looking at the numbers, but I think yeah. it's hate crimes went down by 20%, but Asian hate crimes did go up by 125%. So to say that there isn't some kind of correlation, but going back to the, the, um, the shootings in Atlanta, is I was seeing all these blue check marks and I know that that's like, that's a, like the fun thing to say about people yeah. who I, I, I say it a lot now because I communicate with them and that I, I differentiate them from normal people by that. Like it's, it's, it's stupid, but it's funny but, um, that the blue check mark designates someone's importance to me. Uh, that's what's funny. It's like, Oh, Twitter gave you a blue check mark. You are important. <laughs> it's right. like, um, but all these people are like, this guy shot at six Asian-owned businesses. This is a hate crime. And I go, oh, no, 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 no. There's one thing that you have to realize. First, there's there's two things that you need to realize. First, correlation is not causation. Yep. Very prime thing to keep in mind. Two, two, I just put down a finger. I don't know why I did that. But on number two, if you're going to go with hate crime, you have to prove hate crime. And I just, I just told you correlation does not equal causation. So that means you got to do a whole lot of fucking work to find that causation. And if you want to go after him for a hate crime, you would damn well better have some good proof because if you don't, you're going to let get, let him get off on a much lighter crime than what, than what you could get him on of just murder one, <laughs> you know, like that's and that and that goes back uh goes uh back to the the Chauvin trial right now is I don't think that I mean just based off of the information that I had seen I think that going for a murder one would have did they did they go for murder one or did they go for uh murder two I'm not sure usually what they do when they when they they send they throw everything against the wall like they might put murder one, murder two, manslaughter, involuntary manslaughter. Usually that's the case of what you, you put all these accusations and you sift it down and tell you like, all right, that's the best one we have. This is the best case we have. We'll, we'll try to move forward. With that. What's so really funny. Really sure. What's really funny with that though, is that it always ends up diluting the sentencing. Yeah. Well, it, it really does because it, it shows usually as, as long as, and I, I hate defending judges because my life was honestly ruined for five to 10 years because of a judge um, not granting me um, an audience over uh, a traffic ticket that ended up causing me to lose like $5,000, my vehicle and a bunch of other stuff. And this is all when I was under the age of like 22 and you know, 22, like that, that's crippling when you lose your job, $5,000 and your vehicle that you use to make your money. Like I was, I was literally a in-home um, small, I was, I was working for a small business. So I didn't have like a work van. I worked out of my car and I installed residential security alarms and all my money was taken away. So I couldn't buy a car right away. <laughs> my car was taken away. So I couldn't go anywhere. And Oh yeah. And my license was gone. And so this, this caused me the financial hardship of the initial fines that I had to pay, having to buy a new car, eventually 
having to um, pay for an SR22 for, or not, it wasn't an SR22. It was, uh, there was something else that got levied onto my license that caused my insurance to go up. Uh, I can't remember exactly what it was, but, and I had, I had all of the information that proved that what the cop wrote down was not what happened. Like I had, I had the receipts and the judge just, nope. And I was uh, awesome. So I don't like, I don't like defending judges or, or saying that they're altruistic people, but they, they do tend to, especially in the high profile cases, they, they feel the need and the, not the need, but they feel the pull, if you will, to do what is right. And when you recognize that one side is just trying to see what'll stick, like that leads to a lighter judge sentencing after everything's said and done. Like I, I, again, I don't know. I I should change the name of the show to, I don't have the numbers, but (laughs) you know, I'm pretty good at talking out of my ass and I'm pretty sure that's a fact. (laughs) Pretty sure it's a fact and it's verifiable just as long as you don't Google it. (laughs) (laughs) Or if you Google it and find a way, like, trust me, you can, you can take anything that you find on the internet just to say anything you want it to say. That's if, if there's anything I've learned in marketing, it's that. And, and that's just also just a problem we're living with now is we think that we think that researching is Googling. Like, I, I love it when, uh, like, every once in a while, I'll fall into the trap and I'll, I'll someone will say something. I'm like, well, I mean, there, that's an interesting idea, but this, this, and it's like, I've done my research. And I'm like, Googling getting on wikipedia and then listening to i don't know whatever talk show host you're, you're listening to is not doing your release <laughs> so you're telling me the, the curated the curated search console or not console but search uh engine search, yeah search engine the user generated <laughs> encyclopedia and mm-hmm. the partisan talking head that you listen to every morning okay cool that's that that means research that that oh, constitutes yeah. research that's like you don't have to go into any independent research, or you can just do what I, I've been witnessing now. On it's funny, it's funny to like sit back and watch this the the, the cultural phenomenon that's happening that happened on TikTok this last year. I know you don't do TikTok, but it's just funny just to be a silent observer and just seeing the pure hate that was spewed, the pure ignorance, the pure just and it's ignorance isn't the bad thing. The bad thing is being ignorant, but thinking that they're super smart and researched and they know what they're talking about. And like, just, just this, this, this hodgepodge of just crap that's thrown around. And that's been kind of the pretty interesting thing is, is this, this idea that, oh, we're researched. We know what we're talking about because we Googled and we, we got, we got sources that we all agree with. Yeah. It's uh, researched. I know what I'm doing. It's really interesting. And that actually kind of brings us to another thing that I wanted to talk about is, uh, you know, Google, Google is 100% controllable. Like as, as a marketer, my job is to make uh, marijuana dispensaries show up higher in Google search results for 
near me searches. That's yeah. what I do. Like that is, that is from, I, I, I wish I could say from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. That's what I do, but it's, <laughs> let's just say it's a lot more than that. And that's not a bad thing. It's, uh, you know, I, I don't mind working hard, but it's what I do. It's what I know how to do better than anybody else when it comes to dispensaries. Like I, I feel confident in saying that. And if I can do that with dispensaries with in the, the marijuana cannabis industry, do you not think that the exact same thing is happening for news sites and for things like the world health organization and these, these different things, especially when, they are, when I say they, I mean, talking back directly about Google, when they are companies that are ran by mostly left-leaning people who are now, they have gone so far as to, you know, they're now trying to be the arbiters of truth in saying what is unequivocally true and what is unequivocally false. Um, you know, we get to to see things like Steven Crowder being banned from YouTube. Well, when I say banned from YouTube, he was taken down for a week. Um, Steven Crowder, for those of you that don't know, is a conservative, I guess you'd say a conservative comedic. Um, it's like a it's like a political comedy show. Um, it it's outlandish, it's irreverent, it's funny it's he's the guy that's the change my mind guy change my mind guy yeah yeah yeah. so anytime you saw he did videos like there's only two genders change my mind there's um the second amendment shouldn't be infringed change my mind it's become a meme to where you know you'll see thanos was right change my mind (laughs) like all these these uh these you know funny memes but um he was he was removed from or he was given a strike on YouTube and removed from the YouTube partner program. Now, what that breaks down to is that means that he is now unable to get, um, he is unable to monetize his videos and is uh, banned from the platform for seven days. This is the second time that it's happened to him. And it took a year for him to get back the monetize rights uh, back last time, which I think happened in like 2019 that he got back to monetize status. Um, you know, by, by no means is it going to crush him. He does have like a subscriber type base thing. You know, he's got like, like an only fans. And like an <laughs> <laughs> so he's, he's got, he's got other, other ways of uh, monetization, but YouTube whose parent company is alphabet who also owns Google. Um, like the, they are essentially curating who is allowed to speak and profit from it. And that's a good and a bad thing. Um, I'm, I can't well, think of one of the good things, but I, I'm not going to stay sit and say that there's absolutely no good in that um, because there is, uh, I, I find myself wrestling with this so much because there, there, there's a part the of me only that's like, time, but the only time, like, 
So the, the idea is there are voices that we need to shut down if they're dangerous. That's basically like what we come down to. It's like there's certain people that could, you know, we want to avoid having the Hitlers rise up and, and get people behind them and all that. But to tell you the truth, Hitler only rose up because they would shut down every other voice around them. Mm. Like when, when, when they, they created that safe space for Hitler and then no one could be like, no, this isn't okay. No, they shut it down physically. Like they... They, you know, they had their, uh, their, their, Gestapo. whatever the Nazi Gestapo or whatever, they, they would shut down voices. And if you disagreed, like you were shut down mm-hmm. and over time, then that's what got the entire like German people to get behind this idea. Cause there were no other dissenting voices. And if you were a dissenting voices, like, dude, what the hell, don't you love your country? Like, you know what I mean? Like, so that's why I'm like, like, I don't even agree. It's like, I can't think of any leftist person that I would say, and I consider myself kind of a little bit like you, where I feel like more libertarian, more conservative, even though conservative now is turning into a hidden word for Republican. I'm fiscally conservative. Like I think that we should be, the taxpayer money I think is sacred. Like that's stuff that people worked on hard. Mm -hmm. We should be serious about that. Even if it comes from corporations, whatever. It's still stuff that people work for that we took. So we have to be serious about that. So I'm fiscally conservative. I'm more libertarian, like don't mess with me, don't mess with you. And I can't think of anyone on the left side, the extreme left side, where I would say we need to shut down that voice. They should not be allowed to, to be able to speak because it's hate speech. And I've heard really racist stuff about white people in the last little bit that I've, I've still like them to the point where I'm like, no, people are allowed to say racist things about like me and even my ancestors, even though I have well, the only connection. That's to just my that's just prejudice. That's not racism. You can't be racist against white people. I can't even say it with a straight face. I'm oh sorry. Gosh. The logic <laughs> behind that argument too. It's like I can't be racist. I don't have power. Like trick i don't have power like, how is that right like you can discriminate against me and saying that i have power just my opinion doesn't matter did you not see what happened with trump i have four kids and a wife i don't get a say of my own goddamn say. house i haven't even seen a paycheck in seven years i don't even know what i make like come on uh, you can't be racist because you have power i yeah the the changing definite changing words definitions has been like my least favorite thing of of the last like you know 10 years like racism is the original definition was prejudice on people based on their race yeah that was the definition and then they went in and changed the definition like nope can't be racist against the white folk and they start adding new like adjectives and crap like microaggressions and unconscious bias how the f are you supposed to deal with an unconscious bias (laughs) it's unconscious it's if it's an unconscious bias literally you're never going to be able to fix it it's just another control thing where they can say oh i think you're acting out or you're being biased against something i'm like oh and it's supposed to make me question myself but I'm like, do you have any unconscious bias? No, I can't. I'm a person of color. We can't be racist. I'm like, well, who said anything about racist? It's freaking ridiculous. All of it's ridiculous. We all have stuff. We all carry it. There's some people that are worse than others. Yeah, I'm, I'm, 
I'm of the the thought, and I'm sure this has been said a million times over and over again. If I'm walking down a street and I see a white guy who looks like he's up to no good, I'm gonna cross the street. If if I walk if I'm walking down the street and I see a brown or a black person who looks like they're up to no good, and that literally is not just because of the color of their skin, I'm gonna cross the street. Well, that that and also the context of where you're in. Like if you're in an area where you're the only white person there and all that, you're going to feel awkward. So your setting matters. You're going to have certain things that you've learned from your own experiences and that's going to have an effect on you. I had a, a friend and we actually, I don't know if this, uh, yeah, I can tell the story. All right. So, well, I'm just trying to think. To see Statute of limitations is up. You're good. Yeah. No, no, Hate no. crimes so, only last 10 years. No, it's not. Just that. kidding. Hate crimes last 10 years. I think they'd still come back to cancel you. I, well, they you, would try to cancel you. I think I think there was actually a law they were trying to pass to remove statute of limitations on, on hate crimes. Of course, yeah. I mean, let's not remove it for like rape and, and all that <laughs> child rape and all that, but let's move it for someone that might have said the N-word when they were you know 12 years old or something like that. And let's make sure that we don't remove it for any tax evasion stuff as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Anyway, so my, my buddy, and this actually happened a little bit ago, and so he's white, I'm white, whatever. We're in Gilbert, Arizona, so that's is predominantly white and mainly, like I think it's like 20% Mormon, so pretty significant Mormon and religious community. Anyways, so he's doing soccer with his son. They're doing club soccer. They took, they went out to like Mesa somewhere. Mesa's a little bit, not as nice as Gilbert. The uh, property value is a little bit lower and all that. The mixed community, um, you're going to have just a diverse community, a lot more. So they're at another school where they're visiting with their soccer club, with another soccer club from that school. Anyways, so they're all there. Parents are there. Stuff's happening. Game's going on. Anyways, there was this, uh, th- this black family and friends didn't even notice them and it was anyways the lady like the mother i guess i guess she had a i don't know she must have slipped hurt her knee or something happened she's screaming hollering her grabbing her knee whatever buddy goes over there's like whoa what's going on what how can i help no one's talking to him no one's even replying everyone's just kind of standing around and kind of watching what the lady's doing he thought okay whatever they might be like just trying to figure it out he calls the ambulance. He's there with her. He's still like, hey, I got, you know, you need water. They're not even acknowledging him being there at all. And so like, he was like, this is kind of weird, but you know, it's a weird situation, hurt, all that. Cops get there and all that. They're able to get her on the ambulance and my buddy's still like, they're kind of helping, you know, helping along and all that. And it, as you know, the husband comes up a little bit later and he's like, hey, I, you know, I, you guys want some water or something as you go because you're going to be a doctor no response at all not even acknowledging that he was there nothing like that and he, my buddy was kind of like oh, that's kind of weird like he's played football so he's he has you know he's not just like some white kid from utah that's never had any experience he's actually not from utah which i think is a plus but anyways he's like still just like it kind of bothered him like he's like he's like did i do something wrong or something like that so he's thinking about it and all that. And he ends up calling one of his buddies, um, which is actually a client of his that he played football with. The guy played professional football. And he was like, telling us like, hey, let me tell you this story and just see, did I miss something? Is something up? And he ends up talking about it, but he's black, you know, and that's why he asked him instead of some white dude. Mm-hmm. And the buddy was like, actually, you know, why you were uh, telling me the story, it actually resembles a lot of like people I know in like 
and I don't even know where I was going with this, but in those, those communities where the, um, where they're very suspicious of people from outside their community. And they might've even had like a suspicion that maybe you were responsible for it or something like that's just the way they go. Because, you know, if you're not outside your own community, you're kept away. And then suddenly you're around, you're outside of that. And you're around a bunch of white people. Like it's going to be the same with like us. If you're like in your community all the time, you never interact with like, let's say Indian people. Cause now that I, I interact with a lot of Indian people, suddenly you're submerged around them. You're going to be a little bit suspicious and all that, but especially with that, that um, I don't want to say black, I think it's more of a uh, poverty sometimes uh, situation where you have like this kind of even more so of like distrust from the outside and all that. You have to be a little bit more suspicious because a lot more crime happens in poor neighborhoods. It just does. I forgot where I was going with this, man. Um, I think that I think that you were you were going off of um, when you feel outside of your community you're going to behave differently than you would inside your community, which can be misconstrued as unconscious. Like a, like a racist. Yeah. Or as an unconscious or as racist, like my friend, he didn't know what was going on or that, but now that he's like, Oh, it's a cultural thing. And it's because, you know, I'm from outside their community. So he's able to put that in context. And so you know, a lot of the time, you know, a lot of it's just a cultural misunderstanding. And I'm not making an excuse for people that are racist because racism is stupid. And I don't know why anyone do that. But yeah, there, there's plenty of good things to dislike people about. Like, why, why do we me. have to care about like skin color? Like, I, <laughs> I so love things. I love hating people for legitimate reasons. <laughs> I love hating people that do needless process just for process sake, like they do something and it's like, there's, there's so much lost energy and, and loss of efficiency. I can't stand those people. I'm like, why would you do it that like my, when my wife does projects, oh my gosh, <laughs> like just the needless movements that happen and processes that she makes up that have to happen, but have no logical reason. Those are the people I like to hate <laughs> because they're idiots. Monica doesn't watch this, so we don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Seriously, they're all idiots. But. Yeah, I, I try to make sure to, to say fuck in the first five minutes to get anybody that knew me from <laughs> Limit those people that are going to be years of life out of, out of the herd. Ooh, ooh, Justin swears. I can't, can't listen to this. Oh, clutching my pearls. <laughs> can't believe um, it. But no, no, you're right. Like, I mean, there's, there, there's way better things to dislike people about. And that's like, I'm not above disliking people for petty reasons, but disliking somebody for the color of their skin. It's like, there is, I think, yeah, I, I think there's, there's so much better things. And I think the, even the, the focus is wrong. Like, and this, this new concept of cultural appropriation and how bad that is and all that, I think the focus is completely wrong. The, the focus should be on positive and negative effects of your own individual culture and other cultures. If one culture does something good, why wouldn't we want to emulate that in every single culture? Like, you why know, wouldn't like, go ahead. You want to see my newest uh, form of cultural appropriation? Yeah. Ciao, Black Panther. 
Oh, well, there you go. You're going to get canceled for that alone. <laughs> like, there, there are, it, it's funny. Like it, it, people have actually said that to me. <laughs> like, that it's cultural appropriation to have Black Panther tattooed on your arm? I haven't had anybody say it to me in seriousness yet, to be fair. Oh, okay. It's all been, okay, in, it's all been, it's all been in jest. Good. Um, but I, I don't doubt that at some point somebody is going to say it to me. That's our hero, not yours. Like, <laughs> And that's what's, that's, what's really stupid is now, now it's going way too far. And it's like the, the aspect of cultural appropriation as, as if adopting someone's culture is not like the biggest form of admiration towards that culture. Yeah. Flattery, complete flattery. Like if you make something from your culture, like a dish and I'm like, dude, this is freaking phenomenal. Teach me how to cook this. Why would you take that as an offense? Like, (laughs) How and what, or if you do like this cool, like thing of singing and I'm like, dude, that's freaking awesome. Like, it, you could, can you show me how to do that? Like, and I learned how to sing that way or, or make art in a certain way that's inspired by like, let's say you're, you know, you have Viking ancestry and I, and I have no Viking ancestry, but I'm just like, this, this badass. So I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? Like, why is that not like, thank you for, and, and I think it's only in America where we get upset about it. And it's, it's almost always white people upset for other people's culture where we get upset yeah. about it. It's always white liberals that are like, you can't wear anything like that. That's cultural appropriation from Native <laughs> Americans and all that stuff. Because like they've done- They like, will never take my headdress from me. Never. <laughs> never. It's never going to happen. And, and then again, it always comes back to the intent because am I wearing like traditional Indian garb as like a compliment saying like this stuff is freaking awesome. And I want to wear it with, you know, respect to the culture or am I wearing it to like be look like a fool and act like, you know, play a skit mm-hmm. and I'm trying to embarrass that. And that's not my culture. Then that can be viewed as an insult. But if I'm like, if I get like a beaded necklace that I got off of a reservation, I think like this thing's freaking awesome. Like I'm paying homage to that person and, the, 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 those, those skills that came down the generations. Yeah. If my intent was to be a jackass, then yeah, treat me like a jackass. But if you jump to me being a jackass, when my intent was to be like, this is awesome. And I love it. Then you're the jackass. It's all yeah. like, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm a couple of months away from having some Tom McDonald uh, braids pretty soon here. Like my hair. Dude, is getting... We need to get Tom McDonald on your show. That is my goal. And I, I've, I've been really impressed with him as of late because he really did break into the scene as, you know, being this controversial with, I mean, his opening line for fake woke is, is amazing. I'm the one that's controversial. The Cardi B is the hero for 12 year old girls. <laughs> that's it right there. That's all you need to know. It's like, okay. He's just level set it. He's like, you're all idiots. And, uh, and to, to do that, make that like your thing. And now he's, you know, for he, you know, three weeks ago, he made this big video of like, Hey, everybody that followed me in the last year, I make other cool music other than just stuff that is going to piss off your liberal friends. Like I also make really cool music. And so this, the last three weeks he's been able to, you know, expand and like, you know, hit like these, these different kinds of, you know, tones with his music with the the likes of no good bastard that came out last week uh this week was um church was oh church church was last week yeah this um, week was which which was really powerful um he it 
he's extremely talented lyrically. Yeah. Um, and what's, what's the, what's interesting about him? I'm sorry for interrupting. No, your no, you're good. But uh, what's interesting about him is like, so he's the first person I actually bought physical CDs to in the first like long time. Cause I don't have iTunes and I don't, <laughs> I don't listen to music that much, honestly, but I bought those two, I bought his two like latest CDs a few months ago. Mm-hmm. And I, I just like the depth of his, of his lyrics, like mm-hmm. lyrically, like, I can't tell you how many times I've listened to the song and I, and like multiple times. And then I heard one line. I'm like, Holy crap. I did not even like first few times I heard that. I didn't realize how deep that line or that, that bar he spit out was. So it's like, it's, he's crazy talented with putting stuff together that way. Have you listened to his song cancer? Cancer. Yeah. Dude, the, the line it's uh, it's like in the, the second like verse, it says, I swear the cancer has a cure, but they're refusing to make it. They've done like 40 years of research, 90 billion in donations. Yeah. We've been running for the cure, wearing ribbons for ages. Why are people still going through radiation? Like, <laughs> it's like, seriously, why is there no like, why, why isn't there like regular like status updates on the, the fight against cancer? And then maybe just maybe let the people who are donating have an idea where their money is going so that when it does look like, Oh, you're not doing anything with that money. They can then put it to somebody that will. Yeah. That the whole cancer business is something that I think does need to get investigated because I I think there, there is a lot of money that goes into it. And I, I don't think innovation is rewarded in that industry as much as creating a long process to create like lots of billing billable procedures. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, like, like we were talking about, so he started off, not started off, but 2020 was really made him blow up in as this, um, I'm sure people label him alt right, but I I assure you, if you just listen to the guy, you can't say yeah. with yeah. you can't say with a clean conscience that he's alt right. Period. It, yeah. It listen really... to if I were black, and you'd be like, oh, so he can think both both with both sides of his head. Yeah. Uh, white boy, another one. Yeah. Like, now that's like the, the the counter to I am black. If if, if I was there black, were, yeah. yeah. If I was black and white boy is kind of like seeing it from both sides of the mm-hmm. situation, which is kind of a, a testament to the artist he's turning into is like being able to kind of play both of these sides and see things and explain them in two different ways that you mm-hmm. kind of bring you to like, Oh yeah. Saying something that means something. Yeah. And he's able to, to make, make his, his nut, so to speak off of these, you know, politicized songs and then go, guys, I'm making music. That's going to be really different for these three weeks please listen. And he, he puts out things like no good bastard, where it's just it, you know, him just saying, I'm a dirt bag. I'm just, and just making great music. Like it, it's yeah. a great, like little alt rock song. And then you got church, which is all about addiction and yeah. dealing with it through a higher power and a support system and so on and so forth. And then the one that dropped today was heart emojis, which is just like a, another, like, uh, kind of a, it reminded me a lot of uh, Machine Gun Kelly's latest album, which was like a tribute to every early 2000s punk pop album. It, and, you know, just seeing him be able to kind of like 
you know, spread his wings, so to speak, has been really cool. And to get that, um, that aspect, because as I started this podcast, I had to, I had to really think about who do I want to be? Do I want to be the guy that just goes for shock and awe who says faggot? Like, and that, and like, while that is a part of who I am, like I I'm the guy that says irreverent things to get the laugh and, and whatnot, you know, it was, I, I, I had to, I had to like, think about it. I was like, man, like there are going to be people that I, I know that this is, this show is going to one day be listened to by thousands upon thousands of people, hundreds of no. thousands of people will listen. Millions of people will listen to this yes. show one day. And I know that there are going to be people who are going to try to take what I've said now and try to label me as some kind of ist and like that. Well, what bothers me about that, about people that do that and everyone does that because everyone wants to bring down, especially if you come from nothing and make it up is let's say at the early point of uh, your career, you are a bit of an ass or, or maybe you, you say a couple side comments to a woman that that is messed up. Does I, I, I'd say the past is the past for a person and I have to go on what they are now and what they're doing now. You know what I mean? Like, like I hope that, you know, and like you're saying, there's going to be people that try to tear you down. They're going to try to turn you into like, oh, he's a racist, homophobe. I don't know what other types of phobics they're going to be. <laughs> I can't wait until eventually it gets all the way back to where now you're a whiteophobe because once we once we come around the whole circle and then whites are then the <laughs> then the then the, the then something to be feared or 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 you're a bigot if you fear white people, then that will be <laughs> funny. Just it's funny to me just watching politics and society anyways but we all have (laughs) there's there's a psa of a black family walking down the street and then it's like a white guy in a suit and tie is walking down the same street and then they cross the street yeah they they cross the street the wife holds her purse a little bit tighter (laughs) the guy's like you see the the white guy kind of like disappointed like and then like the white like the the crying indian of the 1980s commercials (laughs) he's just your insurance littering but he's feeling like he's less than. <laughs> uh, no, it's uh, it, I I do think it will come come full circle like that, which is, um, sad, and then it will be it it one hundred percent will be the people that are on the you know I don't know if I want to say far right or right that then are playing the victim because that that seems like all it is these days. It's, it's one, one group trying to, to be the victim. Like there's who's had it worse. It's like a competition. Like, Oh, well, our people historically have had it worse. I'm like, all right, cool. Like I get that. It sucks. You got to be able to, okay. Like now that you're okay. Are you the yourself a victim? If so, what's that situation? How can we address that now? If you're just saying, well, for years, 450 years, like this is like, we can go back in history and we can like do this game, but it's not going to get anywhere. Like if you're going to like cry for stuff and, and be the victim for stuff and, and, and this competition to find out who's had it bad over history. Did you just say batter? 
<laughs> it's a word. It's uh, it's really funny. Like I was, I was listening to something the other day, and they're like, "Man, could the Egyptians have picked worse slaves?" <laughs> the Jews. <laughs> like, the Jews. Uh, I don't want to lift this rock. It's very heavy. It's bad on my skin. (laughs) They had to hone different skills, guys. They're they're better at different things. Building pyramids, probably not the best. Um, Actually, they're pretty solid. So maybe they were, uh, maybe they did a pretty good job, actually. You know, I, I still think it was aliens, man heard that theory they're too massive yeah no they're they're definitely massive i think though that i think we've had some uh, i think we've had a lot of technological advances that have gone into obscurity because of stop scratching your shoulder sorry (laughs) i think we've had a lot of sorry a lot of people are listening to this on on audio only and all they're hearing is did you see that everyone likes Raymond episode? Am I that old? Oh, okay. Well, I'm, Raymond gets I'm, on the TV and he's like scratching his his microphone and his whole family's like, you freaking idiot. Like you're on live TV. Like, uh, but anyways, so Elon Musk brought this up about how it's important that we constantly keep going as a, as a society and everything like that, because throughout history, we had peaks and crashes. And so mm-hmm. we've, we've peaked with technology and we think that we always have that technology but we end up crashing with it and then it disappears like just look at how long it took to get back into the the active space race again it -hmm. took independent people to relearn how to do this when we already did it back in the 60s because we just stopped our space program so all that technology just goes away did we do it in the 60s there's you know there's actually legitimate arguments against did we actually make it to the moon when we said we did now i think we made it to the moon i could see the argument that we didn't make it to the moon when we said we made it to the moon because along that whole race man the russians were head and shoulders ahead of us (laughs) last minute we came in with our inferior rocket technology and we shot straight to the moon baby not to mention we had a really good hollywood industry and we're re- the world's best at putting out movies. But have you, that, have you heard the Stanley Kubrick theory? Which one's that? There's there's a, a theory, and I you know I think it's probably BS um, that Stanley Kubrick is the one who shot the moon landing. Is he the guy that did The Shining? The Shining, yep. A Clockwork Orange. I've heard. Um, um, Back to the Future, right? Nope, that was Robert Zemeckis. Okay, there's someone that was trying to put like back to the future conspiracy about the twin towers knowing that it was coming have you heard that one no but i'm looking it up right now oh i'm a sucker for some of these conspiracy theories because i just love i love the the thought process of the guy that was sitting up high as hell just coming up with like watching this movie's like wait a second it's all opening up to me now the twin towers and, and he's like drawing all these things and he's going through the movie taking notes feverishly and then his wife walks in. He's like, honey, you got to sit down for this. <laughs> All right, let's <laughs> take like, a look at this. Oh, All my right. gosh. So. Uh, let me, There's the, also like a YouTube video somewhere about the whole conspiracy. So Back to the Future predicted 9-11 for other crazy conspiracy theories. The rap looks at the strangest theory, fan theories about the franchise. 
in time for Back to the Future Day. And this was back in October 21st, 2020, <clears throat> right around when Zoom stock crashed. Weird. No, I think there might it didn't be some crash. Court. 2020? No, 2020 is well, no, when that's when it's well, no, it didn't doing. crash. It just it, it hit its peak in July and then it yeah, and then it started uh, or down. no, in October it hit its all-time peak and then it fell to about half of what it was. Yeah. So it, it wasn't a crash, but it was definitely a slide. Um so let's see, we got back to the future films predict 9-11 tax as well as the assassination of John F. Kennedy Jr., at least according to fans. Wasn't John F. Kennedy Jr dead by the time that, that was john f kennedy john f kennedy <laughs> jr died in a plane crash why are they saying assassination was that deemed an assassination john f kennedy wait no that can't be maybe we're getting this mixed up john f kennedy jr let me look up john f kennedy you keep going i'll look up john f kennedy jr uh there are, these are just two of the craziest theories about the 1980s sci-fi trilogy that are floating around the internet. Many also suggest that George McFly actually knew that Kevin Klein was his future son. Calvin Klein, not Kel Kevin Klein. Kevin Klein is the actor. Calvin Klein is the underwear guy who Marty McFly said he was. And that it is Doc and Marty's fault that we do not have hoverboards today. There are more, but some of them are even too crazy to understand. In light of the official Back to the Future 2 day on October 21st, which was also the day which Michael J. Fox's time-traveling teenager Marty McFly visited in the film, the rap takes a look at five most out-of-this-world conspiracy theories. So one, Back to the Future foresaw the 9-11 attacks. One fan theory claims the film actually predicted the September 11th attacks in multiple scenes in the first movie. The clock reads 9.55 p.m. at one point, a clear indication that some fans in the film predicted 9.11 because the clock's hands point to 9 and 11. In a second scene in which Marty McFly is ambushed in the Twin Pines Mall parking lot, the fan points out that the shooting takes place in a location that contained the word twin in its name naturally he connects the fact that to the fact that al-qaeda chose the twin towers for their terrorist attack and he notes that turning the clock of the twin pines mall sign around 1 16 a.m becomes 9 11 oh if you flip it up okay so if you invert the numbers okay so this is just some extreme reaching oh that's all they have Oh, well, that's um, just stupid. Hold on. There was also this other one that it had like a connection with the Twin Pines that the car comes through and hits the Twin Pines. And at the end, it like the whole video goes off the end. It's just one pine. And so they were like, oh, well, the plane hit the Twin Pine trees or the plane hit the Twin Towers. And then there's only one tower after the fact. They're like, oh, my gosh, I love this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of mental gymnastics that you have to do, or as I, I like to say, uh, mental jujitsu, <laughs> like it's, it's uh, unprecedented. The, the amount of least. edibles and that was consumed for this. Oh yeah. That's the video I think. Yeah. So this yeah, is that's... the, this is the John F. <laughs> Kennedy. Well now this one. So in another fan video, various eerie similarities are pointed out that uh, made one fan think the film also echoed the 1963 assassination of President John F. Kennedy. According to the video, DeLay Plaza in Dallas, where Kennedy was assassinated, has the same layout as Hill Valley Town Square. Excuse me. 
and the courthouse clock tower look very similar. Um, I've been to that clock tower on Universal Lot. It's pretty cool. Oh, to uh, to have been there. Um, in a storefront, a bust of JFK is depicted, positioned in Hall Valley, where JFK actually lost his head in Delay Plaza. Wait, oh, I'm guessing did it, did the bust fall over and his head fell off? Uh, no. Moreover, Back to the Future Two was released on November 22nd, the day that JFK was killed. Okay. Uh, Stretching. Uh, okay. Why? Why would they? Whoa, okay. What's the purpose <laughs> the, the of Back like... to the Future trilogy is a metaphor for sexual reproduction. <laughs> As reported by Time, fans have pointed out that the flux capacitor looks very similar to a pair of ovaries and fallopian tubes connected to a uterus. Moreover, the machine requires a man to enter it to begin the process, which is supervised by Doc Brown. <laughs> Although I'm not going to lie, now that I see the flux capacitor, I can't unsee fallopian tubes and ovaries. That's weird because I see balls and a penis, <laughs> which is basically like an external fallopian tube and, and ovaries. Yeah, and ovaries. <laughs> Doc Brown was suicidal. Doc Brown was definitely suicidal. Are you oh. killing me or kidding me? Yeah. That guy, that guy knew like he he actually created a time machine a man and used it who knows that much knows that he has to kill himself to keep it from being weaponized that's a fact yeah that's why he's trying to get away from those terrorists <laughs> what was it the another Iranians? connection to the uh yeah it's another connection to the 9-11 thing is that the fact that he was involved with like iranian terrorists or something like that <laughs> yeah it's great. I love uh, it. So that they're talking. So the John F. Kennedy thing wasn't John F. Kennedy Jr. It was John F. Kennedy. Well, and, it says John F. Kennedy here, but up top it said the assassination says, of John F. Kennedy Jr. That must be a typo. They yeah. suck it. Yeah, because John F. Kennedy Jr. died in a plane crash. He didn't die in assassination. Are you sure? I thought that was the third. John F. Kennedy Jr. died in a plane crash in July 16, nineteen ninety nine. Son yeah, I remember I was super bummed that he was trying to steal my thunder on my birthday. Yep, yep. And not, not only that, birthday. what was interesting is before the plane crash, he had brown eyes. This after the plane crash, they found out he had blue eyes. Yeah, you think that's a, a Mandela effect? Yeah, well, I mean, one blew that way and the other one blew that way, but sorry, that was a dad joke. <laughs> Pretty dark flat joke. This has been enough time. 1999 to now. Come on, it's been long enough. I think I I'll allow it. <laughs> we'll allow I'm the it. arbiter of what's okay. Don't you know that? <laughs> I think everyone should be the arbiter of what's okay for them. I mean, yeah, I think that that that's how I live my life. Like, I don't I don't surround myself by people that I don't want to be around. I am the arbiter of what I keep around me and. If there's something I don't like, I just go the other direction. Like that that's what I do. If there's people over here saying things that are rude to me, I'm not gonna go over there, especially if I'm outnumbered. If it's one little scrawny guy, yeah, I'll go over there and tussle. With it. But <laughs> but other you know, any other circumstance, I'm just gonna go this way. Just yeah. you know, okay. That guy thinks I'm a 
stupid, idiot, white supremacist. Oh, I'm just going to let him keep talking and show how stupid he is when he sees that I have nothing but black friends. I mean, that's not true. I don't have nothing but black, black friends, but I do have black friends, okay? I'm not racist. <laughs> famous famous words of everyone Every accusing racist. being racist. <laughs> is, uh, I have a black friend. No, you know what? I, I am so separated from racism that back when I was a young lad growing up in government housing in Tacoma, Washington, or as I like to call it now, Tecompton, um, I, my best friend was, was a, a black kid. And I was just so upset that he got to paint himself brown and I couldn't paint myself blue. Little did I know the blue man group was a thing at that time. Like that would have been a game changer for me. <laughs> Wait, hold on. As a kid, you thought he painted himself brown? Yeah. Yeah. I, I 100% thought, because I, I asked my mom, I was like, can I paint myself blue? And she was like, no. Why do you want to paint yourself you blue? you thought your friend. And I was like, well, Shannon black. gets to paint himself brown. What the hell? As a kid, I could see the ups- how upset you would be. Like, I just wanted to be blue. And if only my mom was supportive and was like, you know what? Here, watch this YouTube video. Although YouTube wasn't a thing back then. I guess that, that's the problem. But she could have gone to the video store and got me a Blue Man Group tape. They've been around since forever. It could have changed my entire life. I could be playing the drums in Vegas. I identify as a blue human. Well, there's there's weirder things that people identify as nowadays. So uh, yeah, the uh, oh, what are they? The Alphabet Mafia. Oh, the new LGBTQ <laughs> plus quote super straight plus. I think it's LGBT LGBTQ A A I P plus. Can we just say other? Can we just cover everything and just like other? Male, <laughs> heterosexual, straight male, heterosexual, straight female, other. Like, like why, can't, why can't we just go back to queer? Like queer. Like it just what's, works. What's, what's the kind of the, the funniest thing is like when you were talking about Stephen Crowler or whatever about his, there's only two genders, change my mind. Imagine if it was like 1990 anything. And you made the statement, there's only two genders. People would think that you're the stupidest person alive. Like they was like, of course, like well, there, would, there wouldn't even be a topic. It wouldn't be even like a, a concern. And I don't think anyone's changed. Like we all knew that there were, there, there was tra- people that got sex changes back then still. There was cross-dressers. There was people that thought that they were... The joke growing up was, I was a, I'm was a lesbian female in a, in a man's, man's body. body. Right? Yeah. And no kidding, I, I was watching this Vice interview of this Antifa guy or male who identified as a lesbian female. He's a male. He identifies as a lesbian female. Still physically a male. So- biologically male biologically identifies as a female lesbian Lesbian. he is a lesbian trapped in a man's body but he wants to have clout with his antifa people so he just says it so he can bang 
liberal girls. That's what I swear it's for. I swear he's he's actually the master of it. I wish I could find that clip. He's the master of it. He has successfully beta mailed his way into the liberal female circle. That was my favorite thing. There was a video that came out. I want to say it's probably been like six years, maybe, maybe even more now. And it was uh, on behalf of all men. I'm sorry. <laughs> and it was just these guys like all unfuckable dudes <laughs> that are just like, I'm sorry that guys whistle at you on the street. I'm sorry for and it. It's just like, I thought it was a parody when I first saw it. And then I actually saw a parody of it. I was like, Oh my goodness. So that wasn't a parody. That was real. This is a parody of that. Ooh, that is, mm, that caused me to lose some, some faith in the human race. That's, that is kind that's, of like the that's most- the other thing that needs to needs to get like more uh, recognition is like you know I'm pro human race you know like humans are cool like the more that and that that's that's what really was driven me crazy about this. 24 hour news cycle and everything like that is that it's all designed to get you to hate other people on both sides. Like period. That is what they want. They want to elicit hate and distrust because that's what keeps you coming back to them for, for the news. That's, that's how they're going to keep you in their rat race. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it totally, it brings you back because it, it's like, Hey, we're telling you about the people that hate you, or we're telling you about the enemy. You're going to want to come back to us because we're designed to look out for danger for us. And if we're being, if we're like, Oh, this is, this is the biggest threat for us. This is our biggest danger. And the news is giving us that information. Then we're naturally going to, to steer towards that source. That's, that's the source of all our anxiety, but our brains are designed to protect ourselves and then psychologically, we're doing what our brain's telling us to do by protecting ourselves, by going back to this news source that's telling you about how to hate everybody else because they hate you. Like, yeah, it's, it's, um, you know, the only word that I can think of to, to, to like describe it in its entirety for me, at least is sad. Like it, it's sad. Like, the people that are running these news networks, they do not care. They do not care that they are trying to drive people further and further away because the further people get away, like the more you separate people, the more that you've become that source of truth, that source of my, uh, my opinion these are my people. I'm coming back here for my news because these people get me. And that's, that's super sad. Like well, it's, it's also a bit scary. Um, be, just because of like the fact that they're willing to just do that to people. It's like, what else? Like, everything progresses. And if you allow it, everything control and power gets worse. It just does. Like if, if you don't balance it out, it's going to get worse. And so 
uh, I feel like as that goes, it's going to continue to do bad and do and to get worse. And there's going to be more of a divisive uh, factor of it and, and everything with it. So that's, it's alarming and it is definitely sad. So we are, <clears throat> we are the, um, the alien overlords that can snap our fingers and make actual change. What needs, what are the, what are the first changes that you're going to make to try to lessen the division amongst oh. everybody i i've said this uh, a few times maybe i've said it on your show last time i'm not sure um i think that something like now it doesn't have to be military service but something like a military service where everyone has to put skin in the game in, in your country mm -hmm. uh whether it's two years or four years or whatever you, you everyone has to have the same experience there's no exception you just, everyone has to do something. Now it could be national guard where you're filling sandbags for, you know, a thing for two years or, you know, whatever it is type of job, any type of public service job, like everyone has to commit to that for two years, whether it's military service, coast guard, national guard, we can even come up with some other types of like service. Or, or what if, what if we establish a two year community service program? It has to be, so the, the idea of it is that everyone has a shared experience. Mm -hmm. Everyone's treated like the exact same, like whether you're the richest, come from the richest family ever or the poorest place in Louisiana, you're all going to have be on the same level. You're all going to be treated the same as much as you can, because I don't care, no matter, even in the military, people get treated differently if they have family in the military and all that, it just happens. But at least you have some, some type of shared experience you're going to engage with people that you probably never engaged with that some people will never have the opportunity to engage with like people from the ghetto of South Chicago and someone from like a nice suburb in San Diego are now engaging and now have to interact together now have to get to know each other at least enough to work together. You have that experience. Everyone feels like they commit something to the country like everyone feels like they put something into it. And then the reason why I like the idea of like military service is that when you're voting for the, a guy or a girl that wants to use more military action, you now know, everyone knows that, hey, these people are, everyone has to be put on the line to do it. Why would I want to vote for someone that's a little bit more aggressive with military stuff than anybody else? Like, why would I want to do that? Because I know my kids are going to grow up. They're going to have to go into military. Why are we even militaristic? Yeah. So it do you brings know, it down, do you know who, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Do you know who Jocko Willink is? Yeah. So Jocko, like my, my dream presidential team is, and it, it, it honestly doesn't matter who's, who's in the passenger and who's in the driver's seat to me. It, it, it doesn't, but Jocko Willink, <clears throat> excuse me. And Tulsi Gabbard would be, Tulsi Gabbard is a representative from Hawaii who was, um, was running for president as well. Uh, yeah. she got yeah. smeared hard by, uh, uh, Hillary and I want to say Warren, 
Elizabeth Warren yeah. smeared smeared her pretty good. Um, she's the one that really owned Kamala really well when yeah. when she was talking about um, the nonviolent drug offenders that she that she put in jail and many of which are still there. <clears throat> when she was a, a public uh, not a public defender, she was a attorney so, yeah. general. Yeah, uh, yeah, district attorney. That's what it was. Um, she's the one that really, you know, cut. She's the one that that honestly kicked Kamala out of the race. Like nobody would have anything to do with her. That was uh, that was after she she being uh, Kamala Harris was saying that you know Joe Biden was a predator and all this stuff uh, and racist and, and racist. <laughs> and that's the funny thing is Kamala Harris dropped out even before her own state ran because she wasn't look like she was going to even pick up her own state yeah so um but that's my that's my my like dream team presidential run is because they're uh beyond being a representative from hawaii she was also she's also a combat veteran she is um you know she's against the needless wars she's against um you know, anything that, that makes America weak, like she's, she's against it. And like, I I would, I would love to, to see the country ran by two people that do understand the ugly of war. And, and now I'm talking like Jocko because I thought about him. And now I'm going to tell you how to get up out of your bed and get shit done. Dude. (laughs) Dude, nobody makes me feel like hell. a bigger piece of shit than Jocko <laughs> Willink. <laughs> like, I follow him on Instagram just as self-hatred. <laughs> <laughs> just to be like, oh man, I'm feeling pretty good about myself. Need to bring myself down a level. <laughs> like I, I feel good about myself because I get up at 5.15 in the morning to work out and he's posting pictures at 4.30 of a sweat puddle. It's already there. And he's three hours ahead of you. Yeah, I'm like, damn you, Jocko. Dang it. Damn it's two you. o'clock in the morning, dude. <laughs> that guy, like, and and that kind of work ethic, man, and like the the discipline equals freedom. Like that, I think that is something that is really lost among a lot of the people of this country. I don't think they understand yeah. that discipline does deliver freedom. And that that's actually that's one of the things that like I, I went through like an existential crisis a few weeks ago and like was, was like really um, lost because like I, I'd like, I had temporarily fallen out of love with what I was doing and fallen out of love with, with the company that I worked for. And it was, you know, like I said earlier, like the, the last two days have been my quarterly planning and like really going back to like our core values. And that, that actually is, one of our core values, like one of the, one of the sub lines of one of the values is um, freedom through discipline. And, you know, like that, it is, it, it is a hard truth to learn that through discipline, you give yourself freedom because it doesn't seem like it from, from the outside looking in, it does not look like that is freedom because you are, forcing yourself to get up earlier you are forcing yourself to physically work you are forcing yourself to do all these things but then when you're in it like i mean i i just posted last week that i hit my 50 pounds down from when i started losing weight awesome 
and yeah, it's, it's, you know, I, I do, I have no problem patting myself on the back because that is a big step. Um, but it was through discipline that now I am free to do physical activities that I couldn't do back then. And as I continue to drop down, you know, it's, it's, it's the simple freedom of, I can go on a roller coaster. You know what I mean? Like that, it, it, it seems trivial, but that's the easiest way to break it down into how discipline equals freedom because I'm disciplined. I am making it possible for my body to do more things. I'm making it possible for me to experience more things. And it's all because I am working that discipline muscle and there you know, delayed gratification is something that is so hard to come by in the social media world when it's all about likes and clicks and this and that. And the idea of delayed gratification is lost. I mean, like I said, I work with, with business owners and, you know, when, when you say, you know, this is what we're going to do for you. And then a week goes by and they're like, wow, what, what's going on? This, this hasn't changed. It's like, Hey, you gotta breathe. Yeah. You gotta give it. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta accept that your $1,000. I don't even know if I'm legally supposed to talk about our pricing. What are you going to do? But your, your money that you're paying on a monthly basis, it might not show fruition in that first three months, there's a chance I will. Most, most times, ironically enough, it does for me um, and my clients, but there are instances that it doesn't. And, you know, delaying that and realizing that, you know, obviously I'm using uh, an, an example that not everybody can relate to, which is a bad idea now that I think about it, but you know, it is what it is. Well, I mean, it's like the results that you're talking about though, is the same as like dieting, right? Yeah. Like, you're not going to be able to see results within yeah. your first day, maybe not even within your first week or month, really. You might yeah. start seeing something, but nothing. And it's it's the process that you're subscribing to. It's not like all of a sudden it turns on. Like name one thing that was an overnight success. There literally is nothing. Like yeah. there really is nothing where a person was like, I was doing absolutely nothing. And then overnight, I just started, no, there was a lot of time of life that happened mm -hmm. up to that point. There might've been a lot of other failed experiences up to that point, yeah. but it's that discipline you're learning along that point that gets you to that point where now it's starting to, you're getting the freedom or the results you want, which is kind of interesting going into what you're, what you're talking about. This idea that discipline breathe is, or however Jocko says it, it's like uh, discipline equals discipline freedom equals freedom. Yeah. Yeah. Discipline equals freedom. I've heard something like that, like growing up, but it's, it's funny how like now, like, and I think maybe a lot of it's social media and everything, but it's, it's people demanding freedom be given to them or they get what they want and they're, they don't want to have any discipline behind it. They want just freedom and they want everything that everyone else like is able to get, but they don't want to have the discipline to get it. And it's kind of like the, all the complaints that are happening and whether it's, you know, left, right, in the middle, everyone's complaining and all that, but they're not willing to have the discipline to get, to get the freedom that they're actually seeking. 
And I think that's a big disconnect in our, in our, in our culture is this instant gratification, this lack of, uh, this lack of discipline and just activity. Yeah. Man, we really, uh, really went all over with this one. Yeah. This one was a fun one. We should probably stick to actual topics though, that are happening within the month next time. This was kind of like a, just a, everything frustrated, like all this stuff in our heads. (laughs) Well, I mean, I, I decided on this in like the last few days of, of March. And then instead of like, I, like I said, I, I work a lot. <laughs> and yeah, so I get it. Like, like being able to, to go back and find, um, let's do a recap articles. Yeah. Very let's, hard let's, to do. <laughs> here's what we'll do. Here's what we'll do. We'll, we'll have an email chain for the month of April Yeah, and we'll just email articles back and forth to each other. There we go. And so and that way we can, if you people out there have articles Ooh. that you want, some uh you know recap takes on go ahead and send them set dm dm me on instagram uh the justin exp and uh you know we'll talk we'll talk about what you guys want to talk about you know that's i think that and there's there's other other things that i plan on evolving this show with um i'm working on some getting some uh you know voice messages uh so that people can send in questions that'd be kind of fun as i as i'm able to kind of like build out my my pipeline of you know different folks coming in or my funnel pipeline if you will um of different folks coming in because you know we i got a lot of good ones coming up i have a bunch of comedians coming up so uh, if you guys have questions for you know people who are you know doing the damn thing like living in new york and you know in, in all this crazy time have found a way to still succeed as comedians through this way is how they've, they've done it through, through the way of the internet and podcasting. Um, if you have questions for, for some podcasters, I got, um, uh, Hank Foley of the, are you garbage podcast, um, coming on soon. Um, uh, we're, we're going to be solidifying some dates pretty soon. So do, if you have questions for him, if you want to take a, take a look at his show, it's a hilarious show where they, they talk with different comedians in the New York area about um, growing up and like the trash things that we, we grow up with. Like they talk about like, when you go out to eat, do you take home leftovers? Um, have you ever owned an above ground pool? Did you ever um, drink the frozen grape from concentrate Welch's like tins? Um, the orange juice ones yeah yeah those guys and so like they take these things that so it's it's like a nostalgia hit as well as self-deprecation combined with just hilarious people because the two guys that run it uh h foley his name's hank foley but just goes to h foley and uh kevin ryan um they're comics they're hilarious they're philly guys i think they're philly guys um, who live in New York now and they're just, they're absolutely hilarious. So, so if you have questions for, for like professional comedians, I got him coming on. I have, um, Mike Feeney of the dad meat podcast. Um, another comedian coming on soon. Um, I just had Ralph Sutton of the SDR show. Um, he's going to be coming back on, um, I don't know when, but if you have questions for a guy who, you know, went from being a, a strip club DJ to a, a rock radio DJ to a podcaster to a podcast network owner, you know, send those questions as well. Cause I'm going to talk to him again in a few months. 
Um, I also have um, on April 15th, I'm going to be sitting down with the lovely Charlotte Stokely, who is um, Will Pounder, the first guest of this year's girlfriend. Uh, For those of you that remember Will Pounder, the male porn star. Um, and she also is a porn star. So there's, there's a lot of interesting things to talk to her about. She's also a health coach. Um, so if you have questions about that, you know, I don't know why I never thought about doing these little recaps at the end of shows and pimping out future episodes. This is perfect. This is, this is perfect. Idea. Like if we do like it at the, the recap of the last month and then have this go into the next month where you're talking about everything that's coming out, this is perfect. Yeah, I, I think. Ooh, and I can clip it out throw it on Instagram by itself. Uh, see like, my hey, goal, what's going on? My goal is to get just like one person who's like, man, I love your show. I'm going to do your social media for you. <laughs> like I need a young Jamie. So badly. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the trick is finding people that have the motivation to want to learn into something and they want to grow with it. <laughs> yeah. Most people will want to skip the little stuff and they want, I want an internship with uh, Joe Rogan, <laughs> Joe Rogan. And I'm not going to accept anything else. I'm like, well, let me tell you how you get in front of Joe Rogan. You bring a, another podcast up to like notoriety. You're going to get in with that. Um, yeah. So the last topic I think we should cover is this is the question of the month for March. <laughs> what is your over under? And I know I'm not getting that right. Whatever. <laughs> Two, when Harris, Kamala Harris is going to be president. I say it's going to be before they hit the year mark. So before they hit the year mark from right now, or are we talking about no, the year mark of inauguration? Inauguration. No, see, I think that they need to keep the facade. Oh shit. We didn't get to talk about the press conference. Oh, let's, we can talk about it real quick right now. Cause that's what I'm basing it off of. Okay. Okay. So we'll, we'll get back to the question in just a minute. Um, so I guess that was like a mid wrap. That was just, that was just a plug session section that we did. We plug just, section. So, I well, just did my ending, plugs in the middle. This is the ending, <laughs> the ending question or topic. Oh no, this is the, this is the uh, final thought post credit scene. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's the best part of every Marvel movie. Yeah. This is the <laughs> so part that leads Biden's into whatever happens next. Press conference. So, now to talk about Biden's first press conference, you have to address the fact that it is the longest period of time that any modern president has gone without doing a public press conference i wonder why that could be um but the the hilariosity of it and the a the guy didn't get a hardball question until about 45 minutes in i thought that was hilarious and very telling of the difference that the media is treating this administration than the previous now I'm going to go on record saying I wasn't doing a weekly podcast when Trump was president, but I am sure that if I was, I would be criticizing him just as much. You need to realize I am not a conservative. I am not a Republican. I am anti-bullshit. That is what I am. And the fact that we had our president who had already gotten most of these questions had his answers written down clearly absolutely it was it was it was the weakest way to show like to 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 put him out into the 
the world for the first time by himself, essentially. Yeah. It was the weakest showing that we could have possibly ever had. Um, the guy literally was asked a question about gun control, which I am totally against. But if you're, if you're for gun control, then fucking say it. And all he did was say, well, there are some things that are important. There are some things that get pushed back. And what we're going to be announcing pretty soon is our entire rebuilding of the infrastructure. What did you just answer a question about gun control with an answer about rebuilding the infrastructure. And then two days later, actually I think it was about a week later finding out that (laughs) this, this groundbreaking infrastructure bill is really only about, I think it's, was it $4 trillion over the span of 10 years? Something ridiculous. After we just, in a matter of months made uh, not litigation um, legislation for 1.9 trillion all for this year for 2021. Yeah. Does nobody see anything wrong with that? No, just keep spending. Like, why wouldn't you keep spending? I mean, they're just going to, they're just going to print money. Like we'll be fine. We'll be fine. That's, and that, that's the, that's the funniest we'll thing is that the people don't understand. I mean, the, the dollar isn't backed by anything anymore. So in all honesty, there's really no downside to just printing off money like crazy. Why not just keep as it going? As long as people keep using it. The only thing we have to worry about is, I don't know, another more stable uh, currency taking the place of the dollar. That keeps growing in value by the day. That grows in value that the government has strong control over that also does a lot of shipping and a lot of shipping out products. And so money, other foreign currencies come into that cur- thus boosting the value of that specific currency. Like, I mean, if there was a situation where that was a worry, if there was a a situation where where entire countries are, are putting their money into said currency that saying like, uh, who knows, who knows? Let's stop beating around the bush. Do you think that um, George W. Bush is going to stop making paintings of people that he killed? I'm just kidding. <laughs> that, that's that's for me. That's like over here. I, I, I'm gonna have to go Google this now. Is George W. Bush like painting pig people that he kills? Uh, there there was um, a, a little while ago. Like there was a, a profile done on him that was like all focusing on his his uh, paintings, and they were they were all um, brown people, and so the people that oh, were attacking him just just went and said that all he all he does with his time is paint portraits of people that he murdered in the middle that's, east uh, <laughs> uh, that's messed up but, but um, accurate i, I just <laughs> I, I like i liked making the whenever i i say beat around the bush i like to make a sex joke or a uh, a presidential joke but um what was the actual bush that i wanted to beat around oh uh that's it there, there i figured it out um, do you think that Bitcoin is the uh, the world currency that we've always we've heard? Dude, I'm having such a hard time about. with. Yeah, I'm having such a hard time with Bitcoin. Like, I I see that where it could be the value of the value in it is that it's no government has control over it, and but then the the risk for me is that as we've seen from 2020 and all that, it's, it's really only has value because the mob gives it value. The mob being people, the minute people shift, 
then the value in that currency goes completely to nothing. Yeah. So to me, that makes it more susceptible to influences from the market than any other currency because government can have control over it. We can, you know, the government can make legislation, they can stop shipping to, they can stop stuff like that. So that's what makes me nervous about Bitcoin is that it's not owned by anybody. And when stuff's not owned by anybody, people tend to not care about things as much. And so the security of it is what concerns me about investing in it. I don't invest in Bitcoin. So obviously I don't get behind it, but maybe that's just because I don't understand it enough. Yeah. I'm, I was, I was really close to taking all my stimulus money and putting it in Bitcoin, which I mean, obviously isn't a lot. You buy like a quarter of a Bitcoin. So that's pretty good. <laughs> that's not a quarter of a Bitcoin. <laughs> I don't know how much, how much is Bitcoin right now? When, when I got my stimulus, it was sitting at like uh, 54,000. And I think it's now sitting at 62,000 per, per coin. Yeah. Per, yeah. 60, yeah. $62,000 per, per Bitcoin. Let me Man. look at it right now. Stocks. Could you imagine if you actually that? did Bitcoin mining like way back when it first came out? That's all you did. So Changed. when I got my stimulus, it was, um, it was right around 52. Yeah. No, it was a little bit about 54. And right now it's sitting at about 60. It was 62 just the other day or something like that. Um, Funny. I remember people... people making fun of people that invested in Bitcoin around the time of that solar eclipse. Did you ever hear about that guy that made all those, uh, he sold the, the solar eclipse glasses, the little plastic ones Yeah. online. He made like, it's a young kid, like maybe 19. He made like $250,000, took all that money, bought nothing but Bitcoin. And everyone was like, and that's when Bitcoin dived. I hope he kept it. Oh, I hope he did too, because that means he bought it in 16 Around then, yeah. Right so let's take let's take a look at uh, so in 2016, Bitcoin averaged. I'm looking at the average right now. It averaged between 420 <laughs> blaze up and a thousand. No, no, it just shy of a thousand. So it went from 420 in March to just shy of a thousand dollars on the December 26th. So if he would have bought, if he put quick... all of his money into Bitcoin, so you said he made like $200,000. Yeah. So let's say $200,000. I'm just doing some quick uh, Excel math here. Divided by what did I say it was 420. We'll give him, we'll give him on the low end. So 420. So that would be 476. Bitcoin, and then you multiply that by the current valuation of 59,000. Actually, we'll just go ahead and round up to 60 times 60,000. 60, he has a cool, he would have a cool $28 million. Alex Jones was given, um, and this, this is, this is actually fact checked. He was given a hard drive with, um, a thousand Bitcoin on it in, uh, I want to say 2011 or 2012. And yeah, he lost it. He has no idea where it is. There, there's, there's, I, I don't remember where I saw. Someone saw knows it. where it is. I'm sorry. Someone knows where that thing is. 
That's uh, and Alex Jones is a, another another interesting one when talking about um, censorship. He he is uh, an interesting fella, but he did a he did a podcast with um, a comedian. His name is Andrew Schultz. He has a podcast called Flagrant Two, and it, it, it was exactly how it sounds flagrant. Like they, they told him when you come on here, we're not going to fact check anything you say. Like they just rolled with it. It was, it was, a, it was such a comedic, like joke. It was a joke. And Alex was in on the joke and it was great. Like one of the guys was like, I did not want to have this man on the podcast, but I knew that it was going to drive viewership. And so I did it anyways. And I ended up liking the guy. Like I like him. I like him as a human being. He is so charismatic. He's the most successful comedian who has never done comedy is what he said. <laughs> and, and it's, it's true. Like Alex Jones is in on the joke and the people that are constantly trying to, to silence him, just, they're not, they're not in on the joke. And that's the funny thing about it. Yeah. Yeah. Alex uh, Jones. Is a I, mean, I don't know guy. how we got back to, to censorship again, but I don't know, um, Bo. It's a it's a hot topic, but uh, yeah. So kind of closing it out with uh, so the the over under. Um, so so I'll, I'll I'll finish finish off with a quick explanation of what over under is. So the over under is when you're setting a point, and then people get to choose whether it's over or under that point. Well, and the it, point was a year mark of what's it called. It's the over under. What's everyone thinking the over under is? Well, no, that is the over under. So, do you think it's going to be over or under? Is is the problem because the over under is you you set that that line to one, yeah, to one year. One so year. So it's it's just a matter of how you say it. And don't don't get me wrong. I get your frustration that you're feeling right now with me because my wife feels it with me all the time <laughs> because she's like you know what I mean, asshole. I'm like, I do know what you mean, but if I wasn't as intelligent as I am, I might not. And that, that's not my fault. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that it will be, um, like I said, I think it will be longer. I think they need to, they need to keep the illusion of strength <laughs> that they do a great job because they they honestly believe that he is a a bastion of strength like the the you know mainstream obviously the left the left media was was praising him for what he he did in this um press conference when he did nothing it was just the bs that came out of the press like that was probably one of the more alarming things like Sure, criticize Trump and like be bashing on everything about him, but the the blazant BS that came out of that press conference, like commanding and all that stuff. I'm like, were you even at the press conference? Like, nothing about what that guy was doing was commanding. He literally lost his train of thought and said, uh, "Never mind." Yeah, yeah, you know, whatever. <laughs> and and like he was printing out like policy points. He had to pull out of his notes to talk about his policy points like to me that tells me they're not his policy points and he's effing old like and, and you know that. i i've i have uh like let go of i never i never had disdain for him but i kind of i felt like it was 
kind of what, you know, like we were talking about before, like that's kind of how I felt that people were trying to make me feel. They were trying to make me feel disdain for this man, but I, I don't, I feel bad for him. I honestly do. I I actually kind of like him. I feel like he is, he's the grandpa that he's, he's losing his mind. And I am not saying this to be rude. I am not saying this to attack him. I am doing this or I am saying this because I feel like what the democratic party is doing is wrong and they are going to prop up their puppet for, I think it's, I think the sweet spot is around the two year mark. Um, just to, to keep that, to be able, because they've already said how strong of a leader he is. They've already said all this stuff. And so they have to keep on that. They have to toe that line for a while and then they can, they can start shifting to, Oh no, uncle Joe is starting to lose it. We need Kamala to step in and and that I, that's that is how I, I see it know. going down. Maybe maybe by changing the official uh, name of the administration to the Biden Harris administration and not yeah. the Biden administration. Yeah, to me, weird. that's like boom. That's that's branding right there. They're they're already shifting. To, in, in my opinion, so that's why I'm saying it's going to be before that year mark because they're already like we got to speed this up. Like we're going to call it the Biden Harris administration now. That's yeah. not a campaign thing this is the brand that goes out to the world this is our our president biden harris it's i and don't get me wrong like i'm with you like if if biden was running against trump in 16 i would have voted for biden i actually liked biden back then and i still like him i just don't think he's the right guy for the job i think that he was the only guy that they could get in that they could completely control that had enough name recognition where they could get people to vote for him and he wasn't Bernie Sanders because Bernie Sanders is a they can't control Bernie. Yeah, they can and, and they can't control him. Yeah, like he'll he'll play their game when he wants to when he's like, okay, I'll play your game. But other than that, he's like, screw you, Democrats. I'm a socialist. <laughs> and I kind of like that about Bernie. I mean, honestly, he's been so consistent with that. But anyways, getting back to Joe Biden, it's I feel like it's going to be before the year's out because I'm just watching. They're flying on that the vice president and the president are now doing trips on the same plane together. That's a big no, no happened. Yeah. Because you have two planes for a reason because it checks and balances, (laughs) but I don't think the man's doing anything on his plane rides. Like I don't think he's working anymore. I I don't think he's doing anything. I think he's just hanging out in the white house. They come in, he does a really quick talk, like says a few things. And then he's like, uh, putting back on his mask, all like weird, like, Oh, what? Huh? (laughs) <laughs> my favorite, walks off the stage um i my favorite thing about this administration has been the um the proof of what i always kind of assumed is that the first press sec- secretary is always a joke <laughs> because sean spicer man i i feel bad for that guy because he was always like given this shit and they're like all right spin it, it in out. gold <laughs> yeah. and he was like okay (laughs) how am i supposed to do this (laughs) (laughs) and then now you have circle back lady um i don't even know her name jen 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 Podesky. 
Well, she's the one that that ran out and said white supremacy in the shooting right off the bat, too. So I'm like, oh, great. We have a White House press secretary that circles back on everything. But she is able to make claims without evidence just because because she's partisan as hell and she wants to infuriate. People. It's Jen Saki with a silent P at the beginning. That's her name. Ah, Saki. <sighs> Anyways, yeah. so that's right. So we'll come back in a year and we'll see that I'm right he's- when we're having a the first female president, which will be kind of cool. Although I'm not a big fan of Harris. I could have been almost any woman other than Harris that was running for president at the time. I would have even taken a, what's her name? The lady that lied about being Native American. Um, Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren. I would even been like, oh, okay, Elizabeth Warren. I'm okay with, but (laughs) he was just- Or as Trump called her Pocahontas. I'm sorry. Trump was great at branding other people. Oh, Lion Ted. Lion Ted. Um, uh, Crooked, Crooked Hillary. Hillary. Like he would. Oh, what was it? He had something for Marco. He had, uh, and then uh, Jed Marco. was Sleepy. Was it Sleepy Jed? I think Sleepy Jed. And then. <laughs> no, no, um, Sleepy Joe. Sleepy Joe. Sleepy Joe what for was, Joe Biden. What was Jed? Deb, what, one was uh, Lion Ted, Little Marco. Little Marco. Yeah. Also, he uh, Trump stole the, the the term fake news from Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton was the first one to say this is fake news, and she started using it on our campaign. Trump stole it and then used it for absolutely everything, and then the term fake news meant absolutely nothing. <laughs> it's smart. Oh my goodness! So I just I just googled uh, what did I Google? I googled best Trump nicknames. There's an entire Wikipedia article titled oh my "List of Nicknames Used by Donald Trump." So we're gonna go through. This is gonna be. Oh my goodness! I can't go through all of these. Um, we'll we'll have to pick a few of my favorites. So for Joe Biden, there there's quite a bit. One percent Joe. Basement Biden, Beijing Biden, China Joe, corrupt Joe, crazy Joe Biden, quid pro Joe, quid pro Joe, sleepy Joe, sleepy creepy Joe, slow Joe, and Joe Hyden, Michael Bloomberg, little Michael, mini Mike, mini Mike Bloomberg. Uh, moving down, uh, we got Jeb Bush, low energy Jeb. That's what it was. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh, this is freaking gold. <laughs> Liz Cheney, the warmonger, Bill Clinton, wild Bill, <laughs> Hillary Clinton, crazy Hillary, heartless Hillary, crooked Hillary, lion Hillary, skank Hillary, <laughs> um, <laughs> James, woman. James Comey, uh, sanctimonious James, Leakin James, Lion James, Shady James, Slippery James, Slimeball James, Ted Cruz. We got beautiful Ted. I, I, don't, I don't know where he used that one, but it was. Uh, he's not Lion Ted, Ted anymore. He's beautiful Ted, it was said in uh, 2018. But before that, he was Lion Ted, and then he was Texas Ted. Um, where's another good one? Uh, let's see. Kamala Harris. We got phony Kamala and monster Harris. I don't know. I don't know what the monster thing. He started is. getting kind of bad at, at nicknames near the end of the his, his writers got lazy. Yeah. 
Oh, he has writers? Are you kidding me? <laughs> of course he has writers. I know, he has writers. Uh, we got... <laughs> what the hell? Some of these are just great. Crazy, Jim Acosta, Sloppy Steve. <laughs> Cutie Pie, Beto, Jonathan Carl. Beto O'Rourke, Dummy Beto. The failure? <laughs> <laughs> Rand Paul. Truly weird Senator Rand Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, here's a good one. Nancy Pelosi, crazy, high tax, high crime. Uh, MS 13 lover, Nancy. That's her name. So that is what it is. Uh, well, no, I remember when he said Nancy, he said, uh, like, like it was significant. He's like, Nancy, I call her Nancy. Like, like it's something insult. It's like, uh, yeah, Nancy, as I call her. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, um, that's her name. The, the, <laughs> here i gotta i gotta show this because it's it's so much funnier if you see it uh so if you're listening to this you're not getting half of the comedic value out of this but uh for nancy uh pelosi if you go and hover over here trump crashes into nickname wall nancy as i call her (laughs) (laughs) although i'm gonna i'm gonna say right now my favorite is nancy antoinette (laughs) Nancy Antoinette was really good, especially when she did that video from her kitchen. Do you remember that at all? No, I never saw it. So she does this video during like the height of COVID and talking about how it's tough, but we just got to stay home. And she's taking people through like a video of her taking her through her like thousands of dollar of refrigerator, like this huge refrigerator. And she's pulling out her chocolate bars and all that. And I'm like, this woman is so freaking disconnected that She's showing how great she has it. And she's like, it's so tough, but I'm just eating ice cream. And it's like, if, if it was, if she was on the right and the media was on her, she would have been ripped apart for that. That alone. That's why it's funny. (laughs) Stephen Colbert, that guy on CBS. (laughs) (laughs) That's. Oh, that's so funny. It's a good one. Chris Cuomo. Cuomo. Fredo. I forgot about that one. Oh, yeah. That's like calling an Italian the N word. No, it's not. Because I can say Fredo. I can't say the N word. <laughs> <laughs> like, there was a, there was a, uh, a comedian that had a joke. It was uh, saying midget is like saying the N word. And it's like, no, it's not. Because you just said midget, but you didn't say the N word. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, That's, I think that that is a good, a, a good, good uh, a dropping point. So make sure to tune in um, for the January 2022 recap show where we celebrate Ira's success or failure of the prediction of when Kamala takes over the presidency. I'm so happy when my <laughs> female president is in place. But yeah, this one, this one went all over the place. It was super fun. It was funny. Like I said, got a lot of good stuff coming up. Uh, check the check my Instagram, the Justin EXP. Um, if you want to run my social media for this show, I'll get a uh, Instagram and Twitter and all that for just the show. But I can barely keep up with my own social media. So until somebody wants to come in and handle that for me, it's just going to have to be me personally that you're going to have to reach out to. But uh, is there anything that you want to plug, Ira? Uh, no, man. I'm uh, 
just plugging away. I'm just trying I'm to doing. keep this keep this away from my professional life as as much as possible. Yeah, seriously, could you not use my name? That'd be great because I'm sure with the whole you know gorilla in the room comment, now I'm really worried that this is gonna I'm gonna run for like governor or something like that. And so I'm like, oh well, let's look up Ira. And then I'm like, crap! That one time on a podcast, I said gorilla in the room when talking about a black person. I wasn't even referring to a black person. Damn and and that will be what really blows my podcast up and really yeah. gets me a following is just your yeah. your running my, for my, office my and... running for office and then on a on a on a well little known podcast and then all of a sudden you're bigger than Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, well this is fun. All right, Good times man. Well, this was this Justin the show that isn't normally a news show, but this time we talked only about political. I guess this was less of a news show and more of a political rambling show. It was a lot like your uncles just talking around a campfire that you're like, oh, okay, all right, Bill, if you say so. Uh, but I think we made some good points and we had sure. laughs. We had we had a lot of laughs. Look, my face hurts from laughing, and because of the the hurt, I'm gonna use. Just Live CBD. Ooh. It is 750 milligrams pain relief cream. Not an actual sponsor, but uh, they want on one of the websites that we own. So they sent us some free product. They could be a sponsor. They could be a sponsor. I'm, I'm, to- I'm not above using my professional um, life to advance my personal life. So yeah. I will probably be reaching out That's... to some of these CBD companies to... Uh, to uh bridge that gap i'm like hey it's podcasting's where it's all at who cares if there's only 100 people that listen <laughs> those 100 people could be buying a hundred dollars worth of gummies each week each yeah each person each week it's yeah. all about micro influencers bro but yeah that's it for the march recap of uh this just in we will see you next time and uh you will see ira Again with me for the recap of April. We get to talk about how much money we spend in taxes. Yay. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks, everybody. We will see you next time. Remember, I don't have a sign off. Never mind. Peace out. I'm sorry, Mom. (laughs) 